for Friday, December 16th. This is episode 118 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Lose the series, we have to play the flyers. Ooh. Are they losing to the Habs? Hey, yeah. there's a voice. Three nothing in, yeah. the, in the third. Three mm-hmm. nothing. But I don't oh, know I what the series out. is. I don't know if it's tied or. You're sitting in front of a computer. Well, I know that. Look it up. Look it up. sucks. Yeah, yeah. Details, details. You guys are funny. We're just scintillating. What are we doing? Come here. 11 The Night. Hold on. The Night at Katie Bell's. I read that one. (laughs) (laughs) Did you want me to tell you my dear story? Sure. Tell us your dear story really fast. No, wait, wait, well, wait. Before you tell the deer story, I have to say, the precursor to the deer story is in 104. Like, seriously, I was thinking about you, you Trisha, listening to, <laughs> to 104. So, go ahead and tell your deer story. Okay. How many people can say they got hit, almost can get hit by a deer while running? Not a Me. lot of people. While running? Me. Yeah. I was running. Yeah. And Somebody else I know her- that got hit, the deer ran right into them. They had to have stitches in their arm because... The deer had antlers and gored them <gasps> while they were running. Wow. I, okay, then yeah. I'm not as impressed. Well, I was running and I seen it in the corner of my eye and I look at it and I'm thinking it's a dog because it's really far away. Um, so I just continue running and all of a sudden this thing ran in front of me, scared the bejeebers out of me. I screamed <laughs> like a little girl because it's like three feet away from me. Yeah. Wow. I've never been that up close to a deer before. Deer Boston's winning. So was where he crossed or where she crossed in front of you? Was that a deer path or was it just no? Underbrush? It was a res- it was no. It was a residential area a or something. Yeah. No, it was ma- major suburbia. I mean, like I said, I screamed like a little girl. Then after I got done screaming, I looked around to make sure no one heard me because that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> mm. It wasn't so, like maybe a little. Somebody had a tasty tree in their backyard or something. Yeah. So, eating. so who do you think should be the gen for the week? Trisha or me? What you do? Well, I was at work on Saturday and about 4.15, one of the, and I'm got my head down and working at my desk and trying to get the stuff done before we have to go. And one of the guys comes over and he says, can you hear that? Because I had headphones on, of course, couldn't hear anything. And I take my headphones off and... I hear sirens and they're tornado warnings, sirens. And we get up and look out the window and it's like black to the southwest of us. Hmm, I think okay. we have a problem. And uh, one of the guys says, yeah, the, the National Weather Service just issued a tornado warning for St. Louis County. Well, we're in St. Louis County. Southwestern St. Louis County. We're in southwestern St. Louis County. And so I call my boss. Now it's 4.15. We are supposed to leave at 5. She's in the middle of it. She's further west than we are. She's in an apartment. She says, I'm watching the news. Are you guys okay? I said, yeah. She says, well, if you ever, if you don't feel comfortable staying up there, log off your phone and go downstairs. Cause we're the only three people in our building. There's a security guard in the other building. And then there's the three of us and that's it. Okay. And, uh, we're on the fourth floor. And so <laughs> we're up there and, you know, we're going back and forth. And she's like, I said, I'm going to let you go and you can deal with what's going on there. And she says, okay, well, and about three or four minutes later, my phone rings again, and it's my boss saying, go ahead and log off your phones and go downstairs. They're reporting 
circulation just south and west of you. I said, okay. So the guys are like, cool. I got to go to the bathroom first, naturally. (laughs) And, you know, at this point, the rain. You can go to the bathroom anywhere. I know. But at this point, the rain column is like on top of us. You know, and I'm looking at the window and the you can see it approaching. We're on the fourth floor, so we can see quite a distance. So I'm like, I can't see the horizon. You know, two blocks away, I can't see one block away. <laughs> you know, we can watch it coming. So I get my stuff together and I go over to call the elevator. But we were already on generator because the power flickered just a little bit and the elevator wouldn't call. Then the lights go off and come on and go off and come on again. Now we're on generator. So if to do that, that means power spikes mm-hmm. as well as, you know, and the guys are in the bathroom. <laughs> There's no windows in the bathroom. <laughs> I'd have left them there. Andre comes out. Andre comes out and his eyes are really big. <laughs> it's like a little dark in there. He's like, nope. <laughs> he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to call the elevator. What? You can't go down the elevator. I said, I know. Well, we have to call the security guard. And the telephone number for the security desk is inside the elevator. So <laughs> I can't call it. So we go downstairs and the rain is beating against the building. And we get down, we go all the way down to the basement, which is a garage. And you actually go out and there's an open area where the wind can come in under the building. It's like a wind tunnel effect under the building. So oh, that's we, a good thing for a tornado. But it's okay because there's big areas that are blocked off. It's like there's like cubby holes all because this is the foundation of the building. Mm-hmm. So there's cubby holes all over. So we go over to where we're supposed to go. And, and that's where one of the cubbies is. And I can hear somebody talking. So I walk all the way through the wind tunnel to the other building and there's the security guard standing down the bottom of the stairs talking on his phone. And he's like, oh, good. You came downstairs. I'm like, yeah, thanks. (laughs) He says, I didn't have time. I didn't even know about it. He says, my son called me and said there was a tornado warning. I'm like, okay. And then he says he had to call his boss. So by the time we get back over to the South building, the skies have lightened up. I mean, it was dark and the Rain is coming down like crazy. So we were down there for like maybe 15 more minutes and called my boss again. She's like, well, it's sunny here now. And the sun was breaking out where we were. It was still raining a bit. She's like, well, it's quarter till now. Just go do your stuff and don't bother getting back on the phone. Well, the guys are like, bye. They're gone. You know, (laughs) I go back upstairs and I finish my stuff. And my brother calls me and says, there was a tornado that touched down near West County Mall. I'm three blocks away from West County Mall. (laughs) Oh, good. We're on the fourth floor of the building when the tornado touched down. They they showed the path of where it touched down today. And if it had been any stronger and kept going in the direction that it would have gone right over our building. Wow. (laughs) It's like, oh, great. (laughs) And where were we when the tornado touched down? On the fourth floor. (laughs) Ah, well. Uh It would have been a ride. It would have been fun. Oh, yeah. You might might have got a little dizzy. But yeah, it was like, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've been talking about for the last two days is this F1 that touchdown and pair. Yeah, we're glad a, you're safe and been an interesting mm-hmm. weekend. It wasn't a fun ride. And I wasn't driving in it and I wasn't wading through water and I wasn't setting my roof on fire and I wasn't cutting people down out of trees and um what else? Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't looking for tribal careers. Like in the Emerald City. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <Dang>. Right. <laughs> well and Trisha oh, and dear. Heather have the story. 
together. What? Okay. What did we do? It we was do? all Richard. <laughs> yeah. Richard his it was in the all car. Richard. Uh-huh. Huh? Yeah. It was before I got there. <laughs> so you locked the keys. Yeah, in that the was car. kind of yeah, nothing scary happened here. No. Yeah, it's snow yesterday, but yeah. <laughs> snow. It's the end of April. You had yeah, snow. we got to meet Richard. No. So the painters came today to prime our house, and it was supposed to be a nice day. It's pouring down. Did it rain? Yes. Yeah. Pouring. I said, it's raining today. And everybody went, yeah. I said, it's my fault. They said, why? I said, because the painters are at my house priming. And I got home and the house looks no different. I said, oh, they didn't get to do anything. And mom said, they finished. It was like, uh, the house doesn't look any different. She said, it's clear primer. I said, "Uh uh-huh. What? Have you ever heard of the emperor's new clothes, mom? I think they're pulling your leg. (laughs) And she said, no, they told me to come out and touch it. And it is. It's clear paint all around the house. Hmm. It's really weird. How would they know where they painted? I have no clue. That's why primer has color. <laughs> or it's just white. These guys are... Uh, well, you, I mean, primer comes in red and black and gray and cream. And if you can't see it, how do you know where you put it? I wasn't here, so I don't know. But they said they finished and they left because it was raining. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, sounds like they sprayed the house with water and said, it's primed! <laughs> oh. Or they did some kind of bar. It's funky. Or polycoat. Sue. Yes. I dug up my yard for our garden. Yay! And I'm so sore. I know that feeling. I'm so sore. (laughs) My shoulders hurt. Because I had to, like, dig up grass and, like, find Mm -hmm. dirt and all that stuff. Yep. But my mom wants to make it wider because I made a, a five by six area. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's make it a little wider. I was like, well, you can help me then. <laughs> yeah, digging up the, so, the grass. I felt like Sue. I was like, I am a Hufflepuff. I am a Hufflepuff. I am a Hufflepuff. I can do this. I'm in pain, but I'm a Hufflepuff. And I work hard. You should have saw Richard when we took him to Bermani's. <laughs> Did you see his eyes? They were like, holy crap, that's one sandwich. Yeah. He was like, I want another one. I was like, okay. Like, why? He was like, it was good. I was like, okay, that, that's a good reason for it. That I was like, I, I hope it like didn't. I don't know what, what I was supposed yeah, he, to do, but just a sandwich. Could have taken one It cost home me to gain him. three pounds, but. Yeah. He said it cost him almost, what was it, 20 bucks or something in tolls? Yeah. It only costs like eight to get from Ohio to North Carolina. I was like, sorry. No, it was what was like twenty seven dollars just for the both. Yeah, I mean, just to go across the state. Yeah, Philly, it's like twenty seven, twenty eight dollars. Oh yeah. no, we've oh yeah, toll. we got you out. It we don't have above. any tollways in Missouri. Uh, we have no tolls. To go like yeah, but you don't have roads, Scott. You have like dirt, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you oh, live where they have, still have horse carriages? <laughs> Ooh, she's just being mean. I thought mean. that was the old west. Yeah, that's where no, I No, I thought, did, didn't you have to crank the windmill up to get power to, to get on the internet? I mean, wasn't that right? Oh, <laughs> he's moved to the big city now. He doesn't have to do those things. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we left the uh, sled team behind, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm 
In this episode, we feature typically Pufuanian on-topic discussion. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional people. <laughs> no, they're not! <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. I ought to think we clean where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Peoncast, everybody. Except we aren't anymore. Peoncast. So I have to do that again. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's how it, what can I say? Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, everybody. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. I'm <laughs> You're Stu? <laughs> Okay, are we going to do it in this order, or are we just going to run through it? Was I supposed to talk about that? And I'm here with Kelly, Sue, Trisha, and Oliver's gal. Yay! Okay, well, okay. <laughs> uh, Go ahead and start it over again, Scott. Let's see if we can do it again. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Kelly. I'm Trisha. And this is Oliver's gal. Yay! Yay! Third time the <laughs> And today That's we are covering stupid. the last section of The Test of Time by Alcamilla, chapters 11 through 16. The story is available on sugarquill.net, and Alcamilla is apparently a plant, which I just discovered today. That's kind of fun. Ladies' mantle. It's a genus of plant, anyway. I always thought it was some sort of reworking of alchemist, but apparently it's a genus of plants, so I wonder if that's where she got it from. Probably. Yes, that's where she she got it from. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we start off with Chapter 11, The Night at Katie Bell's. So, what really happened in this so-embarrassing and eye-avoiding night is in this chapter. As I think of it, it was stupid. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. I'm expecting well, something better, and I get, stuff. what? Up it's that? Called, it was a little anticlimactic, but... I was Go expecting ahead. sex, drugs, and rock and roll. How it, was, <laughs> it was all miscommunication and yeah. misunderstanding. It's the whole thing. Yeah, it was Harry and Ron. Come on. <laughs> I'm not sure they can even get the rock and roll, let alone the other two. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were drunk. You know. There are bands named after Harry Potter and... I'm sure Ron has one somewhere, so, you, you know, it happened. But anyway, we start out with Hermione and Ron, and she is feeling bad because she's finally come to believe that whatever he's hiding, it is a good thing, and she's feeling guilty because she thought so many horrible things about him. He Apparently, he did really, really bad on his newts, which is kind of funny, but, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, and he hosted the Minister of Security of Bulgaria at his factory, who we, of course, know was uh, the ever-loving Draco Malfoy. Did someone say Draco Malfoy? Yeah, and I, Ron is starting to figure it out, too, mm-hmm. that it was not yeah, all on the up and up. And right now, where we come into this chapter, he is going over the books yeah. and is radiating worry. So. It's so yeah, much it's worry that he's even asking Hermione to ask Victor for help. Yeah. Yeah. That's and how that bad it is. Been, mm-hmm. 
for Ron to actually uh, bring called... up Victor Crumb voluntarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like Scott said, she's finally decided she's not going to worry about the surprise and, and stuff like that. But she's got this secret hope in the back of her mind that maybe what this thing is that he's been so secretive about is an engagement ring. But she doesn't want to voice yeah, it out loud and she doesn't want to, you know, think about it too hard. Because she thinks that, that doesn't really work. Does that mean he was, that wouldn't be him going away at all hours and coming back with mud on his boots and things. So unless he was doing something really elaborate to Oops. propose or something, why there would be mud involved with an engagement ring. She's sort of, <laughs> she's wondering anyway. Ron. He's worrying that the Bulgarian minister wasn't the Bulgarian minister. So that sort of gets interrupted by the, the voice flu call we saw in the last chapter last week. Ginny has called and wants to know everything about what happened at Katie's. And uh, Ron is somewhat shocked because he didn't expect that to be coming up at any point. But here it is. And he's worried because he didn't mention to Hermione something embarrassing. And Hermione says, I don't care. I'm not worried. Well, you notice that he just says stupid and embarrassing. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a little embarrassing. It's not like someone's been so terribly thing. worried about this. So this is a grave secret that they burst into tears once, and that is a horrible thing. And you know, <laughs> but oh my god, I grown men them, crying! So. Never saw that before. <laughs> they weren't even grown. Yeah, men. Right. They were Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Seventeen-year-old yeah. males so, do. Ginny is forcing it out of him and he's getting more and more evasive and worried and finally he just says well okay we were really drunk we got really 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 drunk and we were at this pub that Hermione doesn't like us to go to and uh, we got drunk and we were worried because Hermione was dead and I threw up on the Katie Bell's garden and I think I threw up on Katie Bell once and uh, he finally gets to the point that they no, well, he doesn't get to the point, actually. He says, I just want you to know that uh, Harry cried just as long and loud as I did. <laughs> and then like, right. crying. Take me down, I'm taking me down. They were crying, but that, is that it? <laughs> is yeah. It? And yeah, very so you went upstairs, classic. and then Harry slept with her. And, he, and he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no one slept this with anybody. Jenny, of course, is convinced that Harry has a son, and it must be Katie's, and... Yeah. Green eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his name is Albus James. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but this is the big thing that Ron has been worried about for so long is that he bawled like a baby once when he was seventeen and thought Hermione was dead. Right. And yeah. And Ginny's like, You must have known and he said, Well they put me to bed, I think, upstairs. Well then what did they do downstairs? And he said, I don't know. And then he shouted, oh, yeah, let me guess. They cleaned up my vomit off the sofa, and then they had a super shagarama right there where it was nice and damp and reeking of the contents oh. of my stomach. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, romantic. Bubba bow wow. Yeah. But Judy's not buying it. And he tries to tell her all they did was talk about Quidditch all night, basically. But Ginny is convinced that Al must be Harry's son. So she figures, okay, well, they didn't have sex then, but he must have decided she was his girlfriend and they had sex sometime later that year or something. And, oh, yeah. drama. She's still stuck on that. He mm. was born on, what, October the 2nd of that year? Mm-hmm. 
you know, and this is the night before New Year's, and there's a time problem. But she's not thinking of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it could have been early. No. If late. this is New Year's, he would have been late. Yeah, a month late. No, October, that's nine months. October mm-hmm. 1st, the first part of October January. is nine months from January 1st. Yeah. September. The end of September. Oh, yeah, it'll be the end of September. Mm-hmm. And, oh, the other thing that Ron finally reveals is that he's the one who pushed Harry to say he was seeing someone else. So, really, it was all made up because he didn't realize that Harry and Ginny were as close as they were at that point. But Ginny's still not buying it because, obviously, he must have got together with Katie sometime. Yeah, because she has physical... And then Ron has a bit of a blow-up because Hermione is not believing him and does she think he has no integrity whatsoever but she manages to head that off before he actually storms out the door and it works fairly well oh and he apologizes for calling her a dozy cow (laughs) so does uh, somebody else Harry calls her a dozy cow too it was Harry that called her a dozy cow I I don't think Ron did he he did she but she said, because he, because Ari had called her that before, and she said it. And Ron said, I have never said you were a dozy gal. Yeah, you've never been. I guess it was Harry who said that originally because he mm-hmm. picked it up from his new horror partner. That's right. Yeah. Right. So then we go to Harry. and move to Harry. Harry has yeah. gone back to the uh, ministry to get ready for a shift and the area where he's in in the ministry is in chaos. Right. And he knew immediately what was going on. They were doing an emergency, a possible emergency relocation. And apparently they've had to do this before because the security is compromised. They have to move. It's mm-hmm. kind of because they're a black ops operation. UAL is actually part of where the ministry is. It's sort of because they're... That's what I was just saying. They're not... Because it's a black ops operation, they're not officially there. So he comes in and he gets waylaid by the matron, (laughs) a.k.a. the head of the infirmary, or as they call it, the infirmary. And she came to Ginny's and helped him, helped fix him up when he was snake bitten. We don't actually. Right. I'd forgotten that. So I didn't figure that out until after she brought up Ginny's potion. But Right. She'd come out to check him. But he apparently had a cauliflower ear hex. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. That's actually a um, a boxing thing. Reminds me of an old boyfriend. Here, often enough, your um, your ears sort of shrivel up a little bit. My old boyfriend's dad had a cauliflower ear. It happens a lot with wrestlers because of the bacteria in of the headgear and that keeps rubbing. And he never, um, his dad never got it drained, and so now he has a cauliflower ear. Yeah. But this uh, one is a hex where his ears are actually turned into cauliflower. So, you know. But, yeah. but there's Very apparently no sign it's been world. fixed properly. Yeah. The matron has told I, him that his ear is acceptable and that he, he mm-hmm. needs to drop his drawers. And he's like, what? Why? Now? And she says, I need to see if you're developing scar tissue from your snake bite. And he's like, wait a minute. And so... The funniest what, thing is, this is her... She pulls a cool hand on him and goes, remarkable. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so funny. Okay, I'm it's sorry. Because there's no scarring whatsoever. There's right. no bite. Because Ginny's potion was so very good. Right. 
She really loves him, I guess. It was very resourceful and, witch, your girlfriend. She saved your life. And he's, he's like, what? She healed me? I thought you did it. The matron's like, no, she had it all done before I even showed up. I just made, made sure you didn't have to pee when you woke up. <laughs> yeah, I gave you it. Yeah. You're anticipating potion, so you. Dating potion. <laughs> you know, your girlfriend brewed a very old but very effective restorative potion. And, she, and he's like, she's not my girlfriend. And the matron looks at him and says, you're a. Fool. She's like, uh huh. Yeah. This and she tells him that- what the potion was. But, of course, she speaks in French, and Harry doesn't understand French. Right. So. During the whole potion scene, like, the when she was making it, all I kept thinking was the Love Potion number 9 song mm-hmm. and that movie. Yep. And I wondered if Ginny was going to have random wizards. I suspect that was the point. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and that was totally in the back of my head when I was reading today. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to figure out the French words, and he can't quite get it. And he's wondering if it's maybe it's Hindi or yeah. Wait a second. That's Spanish or maybe it's French. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, get out of my infirmary. (laughs) Yeah. She's had it with him. So he leaves and he finds stripes and he's like, why the relocation? Who? And he's told bludger and Harry just feels this fear captured or, and no, no, she quit, which is a relief in some ways because at least then she's not captured. But at the same time, it's like, Oh no, what is she going to get into? Because he knows that she's basically a loose cannon and that she's after mm-hmm. Malfoy. She's no after this, yes. Yeah, no matter what. She's out for blood. So he's like, oh dear. Yeah. And he gets in conversation with Sirius and it comes up apparently Sirius thought that she was his girlfriend, but uh, There's a not so much. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Harry has been distracted the past few days because he's been having strange dreams all over the place. Mm-hmm. and It must be the effect of the potion. And Sirius is wondering about Fox because he knows that Harry's taken Fox somewhere, but he doesn't realize it's to protect Al. Yeah, he's letting... He thinks that Fox is somewhere in London, and if Bludger is the one he's supposed to be protecting, he wouldn't have a chance because she's away off wherever. Or, you know, I guess I have that backwards. I'm surprised, actually, that, and I'm guessing it's because we didn't know how close Sirius and Harry were during Order of the Phoenix, because this was written prior to Order of the Phoenix, but I'm very surprised that Harry didn't tell Sirius about Al. I'm not. And I'm approaching that from, like I said, because it was pre-Order of the Phoenix. I'm and, not. And he's very much a, go ahead. I'm not, because... They are adhering so strictly to the share no personal information rule. And that's why he's doing it. Because at the end of this, when they do get to the point where it's not as imperative that they don't share personal information, then they share their lives together again. But at this point, in order to keep everybody safe, your family, your friends, the people that you work with, you share absolutely no personal information with anybody. And I can see them. Yeah, but he stays at his house. But he stays at his house for some of it. I mean, this is his godfather. It just struck me as odd. That's all. She says in one of the later author's notes that that's one of the things she would have liked to do is develop Harry and Sirius's relationship more and also his relationship with the Weasleys. But she had so many Mm -hmm. plot threads going already, she didn't have enough room to put anything else in. This apparently took her two years to write 
And by the time that she finished it, order was out. Mm -hmm. She would have had to go back and edit major sections of the story to kind of conform a little closer to that story. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad she didn't, though. Well, yeah. I mean, the way that it's written, it's totally pre-order. So. Yep. So, so Harry decides he's going to find Bludger. He calls her up on the voice flue, and she's at a club, so there's the booming bass coming through his cigarette lighter or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> they can't hear anything, so yeah. he's yelling he's, into this thing. Yeah, but the funny thing is is that he's in a broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of the first episode of Get Smart, actually, because we've been <laughs> watching those relatively recently, and at some point in the pilot, his shoe phone starts ringing in the middle of a concert. And of course, at that point, you don't get phones in the middle of concerts. So everybody's well, he ends up having to. That's how the movie I think starts. He locks himself in a closet trying to uh, answer his phone, and then has to shoot the door open because he has locked the closet accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> a man who's been carefully trained never to disclose the fact that he is a secret agent. Hello, Chief Max. What's up? I'll be right over. Ah, uh, I may be a few minutes late, Chief. You know, get oh, yes, distracted at the concert. You know, I think starts like that too. I want to say it starts something like that. Or I was just remembering. It may have been that the, it was yeah. the black and white version of Get Smart, and he was it was ringing. They might have done it again. I love it as a sort of a. Homage to the original. Mm-hmm. I love Don Adams. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, she tells him where she is, and he goes there and discovers, oh, it's the club. And he never goes to public places because he'll be recognized or have swarming fans or whatever. And, mm-hmm. But because he's Harry Potter. <laughs> And I like that he, you know, he's checking out the line and that there's, you know, witches letting people in and you have to get past the bouncer and everybody's got to check their wand at the door. And He's looking at it going, I'm never going to get in here. They're not going to let me in my drabby clothes and stuff. And I'm going to have to wait in line. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, I'm Harry Potter. You're Harry freaking Potter. And he's like, hmm, I bet you I can get in now. And then he, you know, he goes in and he lets him know who he is and then performs a memory charm with the invisible wand, which I kind of wonder about because here the memory charm, which I would think would be a fairly difficult charm, works just fine. And it seems to be up to this point, he's been able to do pretty much anything he's wanted to with this invisible wand. But we also found out that it's not a match for him. Mm-hmm. And so later in the chapters, it doesn't work very well. He can do certain things with it, but he can't do everything. I just have one okay. thing to say about that. Mm-hmm. Lockhart could do memory charms. Gather round! Gather round! Can everybody see me? Can you all hear me? If yeah. Lockhart can do them... Anybody can do them. That's true. It was supposed to be his major talent, and that's the only thing he had that was a talent. Trisha, stop mm. typing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome back. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
which we did, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, it may have been so his major talent besides his smile. Mm, yes, he practiced that, I imagine. <laughs> Stood in front of the mirrors for hours. Well, he does that anyway. You've just <laughs> yeah. good at it. Yeah. And I'm sure he perfected putting his hair curlers in. You know, to get the perfect wave. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably had yeah. lip gloss I can't, too. I cannot see anybody else in that role except for Kenneth Branagh. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, he was, was perfect. perfect casting. <laughs> I love him. There are a few that I think could have pulled it off too, but yeah, he did really well. We're way on course. So Harry's wandering through looking for Bludger and he's seeing all these different people, you know, Vardy's there and Terry Boot and he realizes that it's to the bones crawling with all his former schoolmates. And so he's trying to pull the hat down over his eyes and everything. And mm-hmm. you know, he's, where is she? And he looks out on the dance floor and there she is dancing. And he's just like, oh, wow. Because that's mm-hmm. not... He's never seen her with hair down before, and she's not wearing all the layers of her uniform and everything. I just like... It was kind of like a Ron moment. Because now on the dance floor, she was 100% girl. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that yeah. is such a Ron... You're a girl, aren't you, Hermione? <laughs> she dances up to him and says, come on, let's dance. And he's like, no, wait, first I have to ID you. Yeah. And then he... She said, come on, let's dance again. He said, no, no, uh, I don't dance. I'm terrible. And she kind of backs out, drags him out into the dance floor. And he's not really sure what he's doing, but he attempts. (laughs) He dances like a white guy. (laughs) Apparently, she's really good at it. Yeah, he dances like a definitely geek guy. He dances like I do. And I like the little uh, details she puts into this. There's um, the song playing is Don't Hex My Heart by the Warlocks, spelled with an X. (laughs) Various things like that. But finally, he convinces her that really he shouldn't be standing out there on the dance floor because someone might recognize him. He's the dangerous war target. So So they go out for a walk on the beach, which is pretty much a holodeck. Mm -hmm. So we can get our... Mm -hmm requisite uh, Star Trek into this episode. I have at least one. <laughs> it didn't remind me so much of Star Trek as it reminded me of Piers Anthony's Split Infinity series. Mm-hmm. And It reminded I, me I of a club that we had in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. And Wait, it did it have beach I mean, in it? Um, I think one at one time it did, but um, there was a, a club, um, Matrix. Do you remember that? Of course. Heather? But it had like d- different genres. Like a whole bunch of different rooms and had different genres, and it was kind of cool. And I think one was, was a beach a, scene at one time. I don't yeah, know why. I just I don't remember me of it. that. There was like an eighties room and like a techno room and like a mm-hmm. salsa room and like a top forty room. It just, yeah, and then the there was like room a cowboy room. room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they have a bit of a conversation, and she's not coming back to the UAL. He sort of tries to convince her a little bit, but he's not pushing too much. And she explains to him why it is she's after Lucius so much about her fiancé, Brian, and all the things that happened there. Right. And he tries to convince her that there's better ways to respond to that than revenge, but he doesn't quite manage it. Yeah. She says, was it your girlfriend that helped you get through? And he said, there's no girlfriend. And she kind of thinks about that for a minute, calls him a liar, and says... You don't flirt. You're gone every weekend. 
and you come back with a big old grin plastered on your face. Who is it? A muggle? Hermione the Brain? Ginny Weasley? And he's like, no, no, that's not it. I wasn't good enough for Ginny. And she tells him that Ginny's a fool then. And then she cups his cheek and turns his face and gives him a little kiss. And then it kind of comes back and gets even more of a kiss. It's called a little sugar. (laughs) She gives him a little sugar. She gives him a little sugar. There you go. I actually love the end of this scene because we go and she is really laying one on him. And we go to the end of the scene and we go to Ginny. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. With Colin. (laughs) Yeah. Take take me home and take me to bed is what Bludger says. And he's like, yes, yes, Bludger. And that's it. And you're like, uh, oops, wait. Wrong girl. Um, Wrong girl. (laughs) Well, he does figure that out. But first we have Colin and Ginny having a heart-to-heart conversation about Harry. Mm-hmm. And Colin is actually not so down on him anymore because he's had his epiphany about Harry uh-huh. and figures he's really been pining after her all these years, which, yes, but she, of course, doesn't believe it. Yeah, he tells her he more than likes you. And Ginny's like, uh, you don't even know who I'm talking about. And Colin said, yeah, I do. It's Harry. It's got to be Harry. Who else could it be? Brilliant! Well, the, the, the one and that they I tried like to go on without then. mentioning his name for a while, but then she slips. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's Harry. What, Colin? Well, she says, Colin, you kissed me. And Colin was like, oh, my God, tell me all about it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> she turned into girlfriend. What was it? Oh, it was so. <laughs> I, and it, was it as good I, as back in school or was it better? <laughs> it, it's just, mm-hmm. And this is exactly how he would react. He's like flaming. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. It is so. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly swoons. But then she tells him that she he asked her out and she canceled. And he thinks she's nuts. And she just says, yeah, I don't know. Why? I don't know. But then we shift back to Harry. And he has realized this isn't going to work. And he has to go. And Bludger, of course, takes it not very well and storms off. Mm-hmm. It's when uh, he keeps calling her Bludger and she tries to tell him her real name. Uh, but then his you know, protocols about no personal information snap back at him again. Yeah. And that's when he realizes. Right, at least it snapped in sooner than later. Right. What did you say, Heather? I said she's a firecracker. As reading through this. She's an interesting character. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I had such a hard time at the beginning reading her because she is the female Harry. She's female Caplock's Harry. And that just, you know, I realize that everyone has those moments. I know I've had those moments, but it was really rough to read. Mm-hmm. And then at this scene, at this kind of juncture, it's just like, wow, she really has anger management issues. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well. It's a session with Ginny. Yeah. <laughs> So He's gone through a there's fair a bit. Joke. What? There's a, a joke in my family. Apparently, my, my parents tend to think that I, I have anger management issues sometimes. <laughs> and they've seen that Adam Sandler movie with uh, Jack Nicholson. And so anytime, like, flipping out about um, traffic or something, or, or just something, and I'm just, 
at what's end, they start singing I Feel Pretty because that's from the Anger Management show. And I just want to say I feel pretty to watch her because I think she needs it. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. That should be fun to find. We can put that in somewhere. Yeah, I'm thinking that needs to go right here. I feel pretty. I feel pretty. Speaking of which, we shift to Draco, who is is feeling feeling very pretty. (laughs) Yes, I am a god. (laughs) No, one of the very first rock songs that I ever heard was the tune was "How I Love to Be a Girl," and it was "How I Love to Be a Git," and it was all about Draco. (laughs) <laughs> so it kind of fits that's cute it does fit we can find that one too my dad bought us all new broomsticks with our quidditch team i was a hit so they made me the brand new seeker i enjoy being a git so draco is just flying high because he has just brokered a deal and, and sold all the his sing- plots are coming together. Yeah, sold the single hair of Hermione Granger, along with the location of Weasley's factory, to dear old dad, and he got the tax-free interfamily transfer of long-held stock that he's been wanting to get forever. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, he managed it without um, coming up short a limb because his mother walked in at an opportune moment. Because dad was just wow. about ready to sick the bodyguards on him. Mm-hmm. They have such a lovely family dynamic. Yeah. But good. he's relaxing at his gentleman's club, and a certain blonde witch with a somewhat fake London accent has shown up. And I figured out this was Bludger before the end of the scene. I it doesn't actually come up. But here she is finding her way in, and her name apparently is actually Anne. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you pronounce her last name, but... Uh, Belarus? Yeah. Belarus yeah. sounds good. I, th- I was looking at that. I think yeah, I'm on it's the. It's spelled more like Belarus or something, but I think it probably is Belarus. Yeah, it's it's spelled like the country. country? Mm-hmm. The country, ha- it has an extra U from the way you would spell the country, I think. But anyway, he thinks of her as still being his father's old secretary, and she reveals that, yeah, she has been an order as a way to sort of get him to take her up her. on. Yeah. Yeah, that's called dangling a carrot right in front of his little nose. Mm-hmm. And he's just... Oh, she even went on a camping trip with Harry Potter at one point. Gee. Is, she, is that what she's dangling in front of him? Well, that's one of the things she's dangling in front of him. She's also dangling herself. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, she's yeah, dangling too. the fruit basket. So I was thinking about the shoes, the cheap shoes. The legs, the gams, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. she she says that she's sick to death of being treated like one of the guys and risking her life for muggles and not getting any gratitude or any compensation for it. And she wants a new job mm-hmm. and she wants to be treated like a woman again. Yep. And I the- think this is really funny 
because Draco's like, as just as Draco's always expected, Potter had the charm of a flubber worm. It's like, dude, you went to school with him for seven years. I think you know. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Oh, uh, well. You know. But he is Draco, stupid. he can't help it. Yeah. That's exactly. Well, it's, it. it's like he's totally forgotten who and what Harry is. It's like, hello, you know the guy. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's only ever seen him when he was uh, coming off worse in some conversation or other. So, and she has to tell her most daring lie, and that is that her fiance was just one of the Muggleborns, and he was a handsome piece of blood. Blood. He was fabulous on the dance floor and fabulous in bed. So that. Draco doesn't read any more into that. And and I have a feeling that even though she's a really good liar, that that was probably really tough for her because we know that he was the love of her life to that point. Right. Mm-hmm. She says that Underground Aura League is boring now because they're funded by the ministry and Sirius doesn't look as dashing anymore and all this um, stuff. Too much paperwork. And also, when he sort of is starting to take the bait a little bit and Wondering what she can do for him. She's like, oh, please, I'm looking for an independent man. Aren't you still dangling off daddy's purse strings? <laughs> Which, of course, sews him up even more. Blow the belt, he buddy. To prove that he's not. Right. And that is the last scene of chapter 11. Let's see. I'm going to have to go on going this hour, one. We've done one chapter. Okay. Are you staying for one yeah. more or are you heading out, Trisha? I'm going to head out. Okay. I know you're not As you can well. tell, my voice is starting getting deeper. Mm-hmm. That's sexy. Uh, yeah, I know. Feel better. Night. Good Bye. night. So we jump into chapter 12, which is Polyjuice and Portkey. Mm-hmm. And we find Bellatrix bending over a cauldron of Polyjuice. Yes. And Lucius is saying, I'm so pleased you've come out of hiding to serve our cause. And she says, I'm not hiding. I've been in mourning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that the hair was cleverly procured. I can't say that. Procured. <laughs> Procured. And I even have my mags. Yeah, uh, the Draco got it, and she's like, "Wow, how very loyal of him!" Because she knows that Draco and he are no longer together. Draco isn't actually with the Death Eaters. He's right. got his own interests. He's yeah, not hanging around with dear old Daddy anymore. Mm-hmm. And we just have a little bit of a short scene to tell you there's something ominous going on, and Bellatrix has Hermione's hair and some polyjuice, which is oh dear, never a good sign. Never, ever. Yeah, never a good thing. I have to say, I skimmed those parts. <laughs> I really skimmed mm-hmm. them. Yeah, well. yeah, bad guys are doing bad things. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Bellatrix has a different motivation than Malfoy, right. than Lucius. Mm-hmm. Bellatrix is out to avenge Voldemort. Right. Lucius is out for power. For himself. Right. Yeah, he yeah. wants to be Voldemort. Right. So... She is, you know, you mention Hermione Granger to Bellatrix and she like loses what's left of her mind. Yeah. Because apparently, and I think we find this out later, later. she's extremely jealous yeah. of Hermione because after five she months got of the captivity, personal attentions of Voldemort, which yeah. was uh, torture, but you know, Bellatrix is a little weird. Yeah. <clears throat> it tortures attention. That's right. Yep. Not what I would want, but, you know. Apparently Bellatrix wanted it. Yeah. So, speaking of Hermione, Harry, Harry shows up at Hermione's door, and he's wearing his invisibility cloak. And um, I guess they've been checking with Sirius to see whether 
he knows anything about is this Bulgarian thing a scam? Mm-hmm. And he can't tell, really. He hasn't heard anything, but he might not have anyway. So Yeah, and so, and Harry's saying, you know, if this is fraud, then somebody's set up Ron, and he needs to beef up security, and he needs to call in the MLES, and all of that. And Hermione says, no, we can't do that, because the prophet's going to find out about it, and that'll just mess everything up. He's going to have right. to lay off employees, so he can't hire another guard right now. And he's cutting everything. And then she thinks about it. And she's like, well, he could cut his own salary. He's living with his parents or with me. You know, he doesn't need that money. And Harry's thinking, yeah, he does. He's got the barn. He's got a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, we do need that. A giant surprise. Yeah, the double-ended magic world spa bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But Victor yeah. is supposed to be sending her an owl today. And she's got court. She's going to yeah, go jury duty. Jury duty. Yeah. <laughs> and only Hermione would be excited about getting jury duty. Yay! <laughs> yep. So. All part of her plan to become a tribal warrior. So. As a tribal warrior? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And they bring up. Hermione brings up there's a, there's a Weasley gathering at the right. borough. They're having a dinner for Angelina. And Harry's not going to go because. Jimmy will be there, and he can't face her. And Hermione thinks this is ridiculous and tries to sort of patch things up a little bit and finally just says, okay, you're not going to face her and apologize or talk to her. Just sit down. Here's some parchment. Write her a letter. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Explain he's, he's really good at writing. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, and Pig will take it to her for you. Dear Jenny. How are you? I am fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he does he think would like to, to find her. out if he are M F E O. Sorry. Oh, oh, in Seattle was on this week. Did you tell? No, when I was in Seattle, we watched Sleepless in Seattle because of advice for the lovelorn masses. Because I had to watch the M F E O C. <laughs> so I think there you everywhere. go. <laughs> <laughs> he does, however, have the sense to ask Hermione what the French phrase means. Right. Yeah. And apparently, he pronounces it well enough that she figures it out. And... She laughs at him first, and then she's <laughs> like, "Oh, is this what you mean?" Mm-hmm. And she goes yeah. and gets the book and leaves him the book and says, "You can borrow the book to translate this if you write the letter." <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, she only has she the has, French version of the book. Which yeah, but it's the original. No real help to him. With the illustrations. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what is this book that she just gave me? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is just sort of going back and forth on this thing because obviously it's too late and it's, it's all in the past and there's nothing really he can do at this point, but on the other hand, it seems to be bothering Jenny and maybe it would give him closure, so he's going to write this letter. Right. And then Crickshanks kind of scares him to death because he wasn't expecting a little furry orange ball of cat to jump up there and check him out. Uh, Yeah, I'm Uh, talking about a little brown and black ball of fur who's two inches away from my nose. Hi there, puppy. (laughs) Yeah. But so then we shift to Ron 
And he's still working on this giant order of terror meters, just in case it really is a true order. And he's wiped, so he's just going to go into his office and lie down. Yeah. And, and a little bit later, he gets uh, woke up by her. Hermione, who <laughs> sits down and says, Why are you sleeping? And he's like, I'm tired, so tired. Why are you here? And she says, you know, that she got disqualified from Jury Dirty, and she came to help him finish the last of the terror meters. Let's go. And he's like, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm tired. And she's really going for this thing. And, yeah. But first, he wants a massage. So. Rub my <laughs> wand arm a little. Oh, God, I have such a bad mind when he said that. I was like, that's awful. <laughs> he said arm. I know. Mm-hmm. And, and she's the one that got all handsy with him. Right. Yeah. She's like, wow. But you knew something was up because, like, from reading, when you head hop into Hermione, you know that she's holding out. So it's like, things not right all here. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that and the fact and- that they wouldn't do this in his office. She is oh, too no. desperate for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he asks her about Crumb, and she's like, um, no, he hasn't written back yet. <laughs> and then yeah. she tells him he's got broad shoulders and a nice arse. And he's like, yeah. hmm, that's strange coming from you. Coming from you. But yeah. it doesn't quite click. And, of course, he hasn't ID'd her. You know, no. Every other time we've seen anybody get together, they've ID'd each other. But because she surprised him while he was sleeping, he's still somewhat delirious, and they kind of go <laughs> skip right over that part and get to this part really quickly, and mm-hmm. he's still fuddled. Yeah, and things are heating up, and of course we switch scenes again. And Hermione, the real Hermione, well, is still sitting we in the waiting scenes, room. Before we switch scenes, we have a line in French. Yes. Mm-hmm. Vengeance is sweet. Yeah. I think it actually translates to vengeance is soft, but that's generally the idea. Yeah. The word so they use sweet is, is deuce, vengeance. Which I think it's soft, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, here we are with Hermione, and she has been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And she's reading an 18th century novel, just because. And she's looking at her notes. Yes, it said I should come at 10. Hmm. And somebody shows up and they are really surprised that she's there because the guy thinks, well, I would have noticed if Hermione Granger's name showed up on the docket. Because uh, yeah, he's a fan. Mm-hmm. He's a fanboy. And he's yep. come in because there's an owl, an international post owl with a letter for her. And he's a little snooty at the beginning because this is highly unusual to be getting post here at the ministry office. I can't believe that you are here. Wait a minute. Your name's what? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Here's your letter. No big deal anymore. Oh, and can I have your autograph? And you're here for jury duty? Oh, man. I don't remember you being here and, you know, just going off and everybody's just like. She just sort of ignores him. Yeah. And goes into Victor's letter, which apparently is a bit of a struggle. He's not so sure about writing his English either. But he sent a newspaper clipping that has all of the ministers. And he's in it because he's assistant minister for Magical Games and Sports, by the way. But the guy she's looking for is this guy in the second row. And he's kind of short and has middle age with a black beard, which is nothing yeah. at all like what Draco polygist himself to look like. And in the meantime, the ministry official has asked her to see the letter. While she's reading Victor's letter, he's looking at this other one and going, this isn't right. 
you know, can I take this? This is highly regular. And she's like, I have got to go. Yeah, and takes off. There. And mm-hmm. heads straight for Ron. Yeah. So, of course, of course we have to swift, shift somewhere completely different. Right. So, <laughs> we talk, we go off to look at Ginny for a bit. And she is staring at Albus at school. Because she wants yeah. to know if she can handle being around him and not being jealous. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Albus deserves more than her jealousy. And, and thank goodness she was there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because Harry shows up in the middle of the schoolyard and doesn't seem to recognize he's supposed to be Trevor. Yeah. yeah. And is also talking like Mendogus Fletcher. So she figures <laughs> something is up and follows them. Oh, I'm sorry. There was something I forgot. Yes. He shows up with a letter from Harry that says, Dear Jenny, how are you? I am fine. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I'd like to explain. I have lots to apologize for, but I can't actually do it. Meet me sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Can't I can't actually letter. write it, but but if Pig doesn't get to, you know, deliver something, he's going to kill me. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Uh, oh, and he said he needs to apologize for kissing her. Right. Because he thinks if that's she, what's upset her. Yeah, well, in response she to which it, she imitates Colin, which him. amuses me. She doesn't realize that she like melted into her shoes. <laughs> you know? It was a Ginny puddle. <laughs> but she thinks it's about. She thinks he wants to apologize about what happened with Katie, right? And the fact that he apparently cheated on her and is now a father, which is yeah. actually not true, but you know. Mm-hmm. So here comes. Yeah, there he is. After just having sent her a letter from somewhere completely different, and he's not responding to Trevor, and he's talking very oddly, and seems to be dragging Al along where he doesn't want to go, so she follows, and she figures out this must be somebody in Polyjuice. Right. This guy. Yeah. So she's just big, fast Virginia, because we know from last time that this was out before yeah. we knew what her real name was, and she calls Harry. She's just praying, you know, please answer, please answer, please answer, please answer. And he answers and she's like, you know, come to Durham right now behind the Wismart. And she's like. There's a kidnapper. Yeah, kidnapper. Yeah, with Al. Somebody mm-hmm. has Al. Come to Durham now behind the Wismart. Yeah. Who keeps wanting to give him present from your Uncle Larry. And that has all sorts of things written all over it. And. Keeps trying to get him to get it, and no, you have to touch it with your hand, at which point she figures out, oh, God, this is a port key. And yeah. tries to stun the guy, and has, there's exploding cabbages flying all over the place, which is And kind then of fun. his apology swears off, yeah. and he is revealed to be... Legoland Man! Legoland Man. A.K.A. Mickey. Yeah. yeah. And he wants yeah. Trevor, and he's screaming for Trevor. And all of a yeah. sudden, where is everybody else? Is there nobody that can hear this kid screaming? Well, there's box apparently. boys that show up, but they come too late, apparently. And exploding mm-hmm. cabbages. I would, you know, if cabbages were exploding, I would kind of be wondering what was going on. Yeah, it's <laughs> a magical community. It's not like they're in the middle of a muggle community where, you know, people would be going, why are the cabbages exploding? I'm surprised she didn't do Accio Al at this point. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Mm. Or Accio Porky. Yeah, but then she might have been taken. At least he wouldn't have been. That's true. Mm-hmm. But then but... he still would have been there with Mickey. Mm-hmm. Mickey mm-hmm. could have just picked he him up and operated off somewhere. 
Yeah. Although right about this you time, can't apparate out of Durham though. There's a eerie sound, and Fox comes to the rescue. Yep. Yep. And attacks the guy as he's trying to. I guess it doesn't he, actually say which curse he's using. Just she's trying to disarm him, but Fox attacks the guy and drops the snitch. And Al reaches out to catch it anyway because it's instinctual for him to catch the falling right. thing. And she grabs onto his leg just in time. Yep. And off mm-hmm. they go. That would be pretty disturbing for a kid, actually, to have somebody's face melting in front of you. Oh, yeah. Sure. So now we have Hermione at the factory. Right. She's made it back to the factory. And, and there's um, no security guard. And we no. go in and the secretary is like, hi, what are you doing out there? Yeah. Didn't I just see you in the office three seconds ago? Yeah. And she's she, like, no, I just got here. She looks in the window and sees uh, herself, well, sees Ron locked in an embrace with a woman on the camp bed. And she's like, you know, her breath leaves her body and she's embarrassed, horrified and shamed. And then she's ready to leave. But wait a minute, something's wrong. And she turns and she looks. Mm-hmm. And, and it's her. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, Bellatrix is fairly quick on the uptake and first accuses her of being an imposter. Well, there she's stupefied. Confuses things. She stupefies her and then she petrifies to tell us is her. Yeah. She stupefies her and she dodges and it hits her left arm and it sort of works kind of like she's had a stroke because her entire left side has gone numb, but she's still awake. Mm -hmm. Right. And of course, Bellatrix is accusing her of being the imposter. And Ron is just confused. And she's like, how do I make him understand? And she uses her eyes to convey, you need to ID us. And he just looks back and forth and back and forth. And all of his employees start coming up. Well, Hermione thinks that Beltrix is not going to wait for him. Right. And she's just going to kill her right there. Mm -hmm. Because Hermione figured out who it is because she looked in her eyes and Beltrix Realizes that it's Beltrix. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's like, I've seen that expression before. And Under the pretense of initiating a superfied Bellatrix to kill Hermione right there in front of the witnesses. And so Hermione manages to get her mouth to work and says the one thing that Ron would know was her. Right. My first and only. And Ron knows. And Ron hears, although she's her words are overlapped by others screaming and she doesn't think he hears. But he does. And he tries to expel Armis her, but Bellatrix is really fast and you know, puts her wand down to Hermione and says, don't move or she's dead. And she just waits there. And Ron says, you know, the game's up, Death Eater. We know who's real. And she says, I can kill right her now. before you can do anything to me, even right. though you know. Give me the charm for the terrameters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they figure out what she's there for. And it's just that. And that's all, you know, it's like you're here for this. You're kidding, right? Right. Yeah. And this is where it comes out that she is really mad at Hermione for thinking herself Voldemort's equal and being tortured by him for a month or whatever. Ron's like, it's not like he fancied her that was torture, but Bellatrix is ignoring him. Well, she's gone. I mean, she's completely lost her mind. She has. And he says, I'll give you the words to spell if you just back away from her. And then she's got to sit there and think, now, do I escape with the terrameter charm or do I kill my rival and go to Azkaban? And in that moment of 
indecision. They're able to knock her away and she starts mm-hmm. the Avada Kedavra. But because, you know, over and over again, we hear this. <laughs> It's too many syllables. <laughs> mm-hmm. And lots of spells hit her before she can get it all the way out. You know, it's not like it's just the word dead. You know, that would be, or finite, or, you know. Yep. And Hermione gets unpetrified. They are together and everything will be all right. Oh, and whilst... Bellatrix was trashing the office. They discover in his pile of unread paperwork a bunch of reorders for voice blues. So, yay! (laughs) Reorders are everywhere. Yay! And then we jump to Harry behind the Wizmart. He's on his way. Yeah. He drops backwards through the wards and he's there, but he's too late. Fox is on the chest of Lego Man, but there's no sign of Al or Ginny. Right. Mm-hmm. Lego Man yep. is like, I'm not going to tell you anything. It's like, okay, you don't need your eyes. Fox? Oh, okay, I'll talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keep him here, Fox. And so he finds out that there would be a message for him back at his house, or back at Al's house, so that's where he heads. And he calls Padfoot and lets him know what's going on. And Padfoot is like, okay, but you have to promise that you're not going to go after him by yourself. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I promise not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love Nanny. You bring him back. You hear me? You bring him home alive. And then she's like, you come home too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And then we actually get to see, and I'm not going to read it. We get to see Katie's the letter, letter. that yeah. Katie wrote to Harry. This is the letter that McGonagall gave him and it mm-hmm. was dated. And I, date I was on it, but it was just yeah, probably. They, they mentioned the date years. earlier, but. Yeah. yeah, this is when he first well, talked Al about getting baby. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Al is a baby. And so it's the letter was probably written three years before. Right. Yeah. So. And she assumes in it that if this ever gets sent, he'll already be married and probably have kids of his own. He'll be in his 30s or so instead of still being basically a teenager. Not quite. I like the, in it. You see her prediction. Mm hmm. That mm-hmm. Harry would defeat Voldemort and that he would have a large and happy family. Yeah. yeah. So, and I just said Voldemort like you guys do. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> no tea. <laughs> no tea. Yep. Nanny's name is Nora. Is actually Nora Dalloway. That's interesting because she's always just referred to as Nanny. But well, I guess I, that's why, just. Where did I see Verity Dalloway? Didn't I see Verity somewhere too? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Did because it was somebody was identifying a woman that Al had been with. Uh, Jenny's searches, I think. I don't know. I'll have to look for it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were saying about Jimmy. Well, she says that Jimmy, you know, really liked Harry and respected him, and so Jimmy was the one that really wanted him to be the Godfather, and she let herself be swayed, and part of that was because of his behavior at her flat that one time because she saw the strength of their friendship of Ron and Harry's friendship with Hermione. And she knew that he would be an okay person to be the godfather. Guardian. Or the guardian. Yes. Yeah. And so having thought about this letter again, he takes the porky that Malfoy has mailed to him and does not actually wait for all his backup because he's Harry and 
He doesn't wait. Nope. So he's off. And that's the end of chapter 12. It is. And the beginning of chapter Chapter 13. Is just call me master because Draco has pretensions like that. And um, (laughs) I have to say it reminded me (laughs) of Doctor Who because, yeah, there's a major character (laughs) in a lot of Doctor Who stories called the master. And yeah, that's what Draco wants to be called. But... (laughs) I did no. see. I did see this ass master. Igor. Igor, as the case uh, maybe. So uh, Igor, walk <laughs> this way. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. But they told me it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they've both been kidnapped by mm-hmm. the semi bad guys. Person. The really yeah. bad guys are, you know, Lucius. Um, and the bodyguards. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't actually know who it is at this point. Just this mysterious, the master. And uh, know, just wondering I, if it is Death Eaters. And if it is, really if they are wondering. Death Eaters, that'll probably be Lucius. But she doesn't know for sure. Yeah. The thing is that that I don't understand. And I guess it's just that maybe that was just a, a detail that wasn't used. But. Doesn't Polyjuice Potion make you crazy after you use it so many times? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it did with Barty, but Barty. Yeah, I think no, he was just he was a little just crazy. crazy from Azkaban. He was already yeah. crazy, yeah. He was but, crazy but, himself. I think the Polyjuice, I don't think the Polyjuice has really any start to, Don't you really start to lose your sense of self? I don't think that's canon. Yeah. No. I don't think so either. I think that's canon. I don't mean literally. I mean... Think of it like this. You have a master spy who's the master of disguise. After a while, they forget what they look like. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Well, I can understand like, that point that you're making, Kelly. I don't think that there's a side effect that, you know, it well, I, causes I, I don't mean like a chemical side insanity. effect. Yeah. Draco is, there, like, Draco is vain enough already that it's like, dude, come on. <laughs> How many different people do you need to look like? As many as he can get away with. Oh, it's just, yeah. Because he wants to be the master spy. That's his thing. Except he doesn't actually want any of the work. He just wants the money. Or the That's danger. Yeah. He just wants the money. He wants uh, He wants to be James, James Bond without actually having to do any of the situations that James finds himself in. Mm-hmm. Right. I can see him doing that though. Call me Malfoy. Yeah, Draco Malfoy. (laughs) (laughs) No. Sorry. Not going to work, dude. But yeah, so he goes in and he's excited because he's got two prizes instead of one, but he's not quite sure what to do with Ginny. And he does a lot of empty threats and tries to sound mean and threatening and everything, but deep down inside, he never actually hurt the child because. That would be mean, and he's not a mean person. He's not his oh, father. Then again, he's all worried about Mickey. Mm-hmm. Mickey doesn't have any idea where they are. Right. But I'm guessing, you know, what can Mickey say? Draco Malfoy made me do it. Yeah, like that's going to be believed. Come on. Yeah, well, you never know. Draco's he's name sure. and Draco's crimes. Okay. You know, if, he, if you've got somebody that's that weak-willed, and they know all of your stuff. 
Oh yeah. You're not too smart. <laughs> yeah. Really. He has no idea where they actually are, but he knows all the stuff that he's done because he's been paid for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He says, this is my hideaway, my bolt hole. And the guards yeah. are here, yes. but they don't know who he is because he's polyjuice. Yeah, he's just hired them for this particular evening. Because he expects to get Harry soon. And Ginny assumes it is Lucius, mm-hmm. but she's a bit confused because there are none of the supposed Russian bodyguards all over the place. Well, then he doesn't and, uh, talk like Lucius either. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, the context of the conversation doesn't seem to be Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Right. And then Blutilla uh, shows up and says that his lady friend is here. And he says, mm-hmm. good, show her into my bedroom. Yeah, brother. And by the I time he leaves, she's a- sure he is a Malfoy anyway. Yeah, because of the way he says her name. Yeah. You were saying, Heather? When they said his lady friend here, I had a slight, like, my mind slightly went to Bellatrix. I was like, she's done. So I doubt that that's her. But, like, that's kind of where my, my like, subconscious, like, went directly. Oh, no. I knew it was Anne. Yeah. I like the, what, we no dinner, no drink. We didn't actually know that this was Draco <laughs> at this point. It's it's never actually said in the chapter because it's from Ginny's point of view and she doesn't know. Yeah, this this isn't Lucius and Bellatrix. It's Draco and Anne, a.k.a. Bludger. Because as soon as he leaves the door, we realize, yes, this is Draco. And right. We should have known because Legoland Man was one of his, but I'd forgotten that by the time I was reading this chapter, so I oh. wasn't sure either. Yeah, it, because he's the one that got the information and gave it to Lucius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'd already acted on it at least once. Lucius wouldn't stoop so low as to kidnap a boy. He would just kill everybody at the school. Probably. But that's not on Draco's agenda because, well, one, it's bloody and he doesn't want to get his hands dirty. But two, he just wants the money. And if he can have a little fun in the process, then he's yeah, going to try to bring Harry that Potter too. down. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. He's discovered that people squirming and begging under threat of pain are what gets him off. But actual writhing in pain makes him faintly nauseous, so yeah. he doesn't right. like to do that. do that. And then we have Bludger in the bedroom, and she's just like, uh, straight to the bedroom? Wait a minute. Yeah. No dinner, no drinks, no nothing? I expect more from Draco. And then she thinks, well, maybe it's just so that I can get my new wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Because he's <laughs> bought her a couple of new dresses and some really awesome high heels. I think mm-hmm. it's funny where he comes in, he's still apologies, and she doesn't know who the hell he is. And she just nails him. <laughs> <laughs> she does. <laughs> yeah. He's just ticked, but, you know, she's like, okay. hey, you didn't tell me you were not going to be looking like you. You can't expect me to not react, mm-hmm. darling. Yes. Did you want mm-hmm. me to tell everybody who walked in the door what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And that, this is a point about what you brought up earlier, he actually forgets for a moment that he's under polyjuice. Like, he's startled when he goes to brush back his hair, and it's not his hair. Mm-hmm. Right. He's Tangent. hoping to catch her. Yay, we Tangent. won the baseball game! Woo! Okay, I'm done. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he tells her that he's got some entertainment planned, and he's got a couple of uh, other house guests, <clears throat> but that after everything goes down tonight he expects her to perform and pay for mm-hmm. the new clothes in bed she's just like yeah. 
okay, I can yeah. do this, I can do this, I can do this. And he wants a kiss and says, uh, and oh, by the way, just call me master. Yeah. And she's like, what a Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and yeah. somebody sticks his head in the door and says, we have him. Yeah. And is he under control? Yes. Why are you bleeding? There are six of you. There are one of him. <laughs> there are five of us, mate. Don't call me mate. I'm not your mate. Yeah. Call me mm-hmm. master. He's just getting a little high on the master business. Just a little bit. Here we, we are back with Ron and Hermione. Their card has been sent to St. Mungo's, and they're a little worried about him, but he'll be okay. And right. they decide, okay, well, we're just going to be normal. We're going to the borough and the gathering for Angelina. Right. And uh, Half of Hogwarts is there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And-, and I think the biggest bombshell here is how's Harry handling fatherhood from yeah. Angelina? And Ron is like, what? Huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. And of course, they assume, like Ginny assumed, this is actually his kid. Right. Well, and, and Angelina uh, knows that it's not his kid. Right. Angelina knows that it's Jimmy Cayley's and Katie Bell's. But mm-hmm. at this point, she, she said, you know, she's dropped this bombshell, realized that nobody knew, and is like, oops, sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. So she doesn't straighten them out. She doesn't even right. get an inkling that they're thinking it's really Harry's kid. She's just, you know, going back out to the party. And then George wanders over and says, I really want to show her a voice flute. You know, don't you have any in a box? Ron's just like, uh, I'll go to Hermione's and get some. Yeah, Ron mm-hmm. is like, just. He's devastated. He's had a bad sure. day. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> and Ginny is apparently not here because Sirius is looking for her because she's been witness to some Death Eater activity and. All sorts of things are going off. And uh, then Neville finally comes out with the drinks, and of course everyone's left. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like that. They show up, and Neville's like, hmm, Ron, you look like you could use a beer. He's like, I could use a double fire whiskey. Yeah. yeah. And I was wrong. It's Fred, not George, that it's was Fred. wanting the voice flues for her. I, I was mixed up. Mm-hmm. But and I and like then, what he says. You know what, Fred? I've had one re- really bad day. I almost shagged Bella's tricks. Lestrange, Hermione was nearly bought the farm. I've lost the biggest product order I've ever had. Harry is leading a secret life as a father, and now Neville's totally forgotten my beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Fred's like, uh, right. So about those extra voice flows. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On track mind is Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, he figures he's just made most of that up. So we're back to Draco, who of course doesn't look like Draco, and he's doing his evil villain routine with Harry. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. It's like, welcome to my cellar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So he gets the cloak and the wand, and oh yes, his glasses. Yeah, he has to have a trophy, you know. Which actually is one of the best things he could have done, because without his glasses, Harry can't see anything. Right. Mm -hmm. They say enough to reveal to Harry that most of these guys are people he's put away for supporting Voldemort in some fashion. And they've got a score to settle with him. They want to use him as a punching bag at some point. Draco's promised that they'll be able to do that. But the uh, head guy, Joe, 
I think his name is Joe. He's like, uh, and oh, by the way, he did some sort of spell right before we got his wand. And we don't know what it was. And it was the puppy dog spell, although they don't quite know what it is for the invisible wand. So we know at least that he's still got a wand mm-hmm. on him. Because he gets slammed into the wine cellar and then he just whistles and there's his invisible wand. Yep. Because they figure maybe he's got something visible following him and wave their hands around all over the place, but it's the one where it only comes to the owner, so nobody right. finds anything. It's, yeah, they can't. I think it's funny. He can't see anything, but he just knows that they're like leaping around where they're waving their arms in the air. Yeah. <laughs> like little frogs. Silly, silly. And then we switch to Bill, who we haven't seen before in this story. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Bill is He's working. been seconded to Gringotts doing an audit, basically. Right. And uh, he's a little bored. He wants to go back to the sun. Well, he's doing an investigation that involves bribery, money laundering, and blackmail. Hmm. hmm. Now, who could Let's that see? be? Who could that be? <laughs> <laughs> and whose door is he knocking on? Where Malfoy's hidey hole was. (laughs) Trugolo left some sort of information somewhere because they were able to find it. And he's particularly disturbed because he's found out that that he's been in both Harry and Ron's accounts. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that kind of freaks him out. Yes. So we shift back to the hidey hole and Bludger is sort of doing a bit of a scout and finding out who these extra house guests happen to be and finds them and ends up taking Al to the bathroom because the guard doesn't want to go and manages to get Al sort of on her side a little bit before Draco interrupts. Mm -hmm. And she has to head down before he figures out where she's been. Draco is just, he's a little weird at this point. He's like, and I'm making martinis. (laughs) Yes. Aren't you dressed yet? Come and show yourself gorgeous. Oh, brother. He is a little excited because all his plots are coming together. And uh, except they aren't, but of course he doesn't know that. Yes. See, what he didn't know was that Potterfic Weekly was going to cover this story. And as we all know, Potterfic Weekly jinxes everything. And so we've just jinxed all of his plans. Yeah. It's our fault. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he finally reveals in the course of their conversation that this extra house guest he's been expecting is an Aura. And uh, she wonders well, if this is a loyalty test or something like that. And it turns out, around. isn't he walking around with Harry's glasses, glasses in his hand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she sort of catches that, and yeah, it takes her a little while, but then she figures out, okay, he's robbing somebody of <laughs> money. It's a settling old score, and he's carrying these glasses. Oh, it's got to be Harry. It's got to be Harry. Yeah. And then the doorbell rings. Ding dong. Actually, the doorbell rang before she figured it out because she was like, who are you and what are you doing here? And, you know, he's asking her, do you know Trilego? Goblin go between. (laughs) That whole that I felt was like a comedy of errors. I'm like, of course, Bill would show up there. Like, yes, (laughs) just stand outside because really he had nothing else better to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Right. But she kind of <laughs> knows that there's something going on here because she thinks about it and she knows that he's behind her with his wand. So she can't, you know, hint to them that she needs help. Right. Or anything mm-hmm. like that. And she's hoping with all hope that it's not Lucius. I think it's funny. It's this bludger side inwardly, momentarily craving a normal life, a nice man, a regular job, like Bill. <laughs> um, well, sort of. <laughs> a nice man, a regular job. He's a curse breaker. Come on. <laughs> well, all she knows is he's from Gringotts. She thinks he's an accountant or somebody. Yeah. So. And uh, he asks for her name, and she like glances around the neighborhood and says, "Oh, it's Laura Ashley," which is off of one of the nearby shops. <laughs> which is funny because they sell clothes here too. I have several things from Laura Ashley. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh dear. She says, "Well, nobody's home," and Will says, "I'll wait." She says, well, you got to wait outside. You can't come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Draco is showing his true colors, roaring around the room and ranting and wanting martinis. <laughs> right. And then we switch to Ron, who is also having a tantrum. But he has his <laughs> GPS, yes. with which he's going to find out where Harry is, because he's going to tell him a thing or two. And uh, Because oh, he's look. secretly programmed all of the voice flues that go to family so that mm-hmm. he can find them as well. Yeah, well, so nothing that, like that what happens to Hermione happens again. Yes, right. That, that. Then, of course, Harry and Ginny are at the same place, so he thinks they both know they're at the same place, which they and don't. now he's mad at her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're supposed to be at the party with your pita and hootas dip. Yeah. <laughs> Hummus. Hummus. Yeah, you know. yeah and it's... He doesn't remember that. And then he realizes, you know, now he's trying to imagine, oh, my God, this is Harry's son. Whoa. (laughs) And we switch back to Draco, who is lounging and smoking his purple smoke cigarettes. (laughs) uh, Can you see this with one of those cigarettes? Oh, he's got a smoking jacket on. Well, you know, like we were talking to Jen last night about props from old movies. And I can see him with a cigarette holder. Yes. I uh, yes. one of the metal ones. <laughs> <laughs> like they always oh. put with Miss Scarlet in the Clue movies and things. The long one. Yes, the long mm-hmm. one. So he doesn't get. Well, and the reason. Cruella de Vil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> that's it. Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Oh, To Roger. see her is to take a sudden chill. Oh. Cruella, Cruella. She's like a spider waiting for the kill. Roger, Look she'll out hear you. Cruella de Vil. Do you know why they use cigarette holders like that? So that your fingers didn't get yellow? Stained. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly why. Yeah, Draco would do that. Uh, <laughs> so his fingers wouldn't get purple. Well, yeah, yeah, he can't have purple fingers. So he's checking to make sure that the contract is completely binding and that even if he goes to jail, the money gets transferred and that there's absolutely nothing that can make this not work. He wants to make sure that the money that he gets, because he's going to take all of Harry's money, he's not even going to leave him with a penny. Right. Everything. Mm-hmm. is going to be his. Yeah. And, so. and he's just as happy to sit there and 
make Harry suffer through waiting longer, whereas Trogolo would rather everything is signed now so he can get his cut and get out of there. Well, yeah, I would be too, but not that I would be, you know, working like that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it would be, you know, I want my money and I want it now. And also because there's an auditor standing outside the front door. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That might be a problem. So he calls down to Joe and he says, bring the prisoner. And Joe's like, yeah, just give me a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Bring in the (laughs) (laughs) And they all call him master, but there's nothing behind it. They're like... Yeah, okay, Master, sure, right. Yeah, it's like they'd be doing mate. And he says, two minutes pass, and they can hear voices from the cellar. Four minutes pass, six minutes pass. And he's like, uh, what's taking you guys so long? And he's like, uh, you're not going to believe this, but Potter's just sitting there with no ropes, and he's healed his split lip, and he's got candles now. I think he's doing wandless magic, mate. <laughs> Don't mate. call me that! <laughs> Just stun him. Okay. I'm sorry, but I always think, you know, they say master, and I'm listening for the second two syllables to be added on to that word. But um, <coughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No? So, no? yes, he says, all right, he's got a wand somewhere. Search him, strip him down, tie him up, bring him up here. And he's repolyduced himself. He's Everything is right. And here's Harry on the floor. And he's still wondering where Al is. Right. They interviewed him, and the very first words are, where's the boy? That becomes his mantra. Yeah. Where's mm-hmm. the boy? That's what he's I do ask. like Draco's second line there. He says, where's the boy? It's like, oh, Potter, you're starting to repeat yourself. This is a party. Dog conversation is not permitted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the guy could have beat him up while he was unconscious because they were afraid because he was well, doing they, magic. they beat him up because he was unconscious because he was unconscious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because they were afraid of him before. Mm-hmm. And this is where he finds out that Bludger is there. Right. And they're sort of yeah. staring at each other going, uh, <gasps> <huh>. yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I believe you know each other. This is Draco with his malicious delight. Mm-hmm. So I was rather upset at this. I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. Go ahead. The beginning of chapter 14. Chapter 14, Father and Son. Now, this can be construed a couple different ways, but we'll see where we got from here. But I was actually, it was very funny. In the author's notes, it says, this is still very much an rated R story with bleeped obscenities and frank comments of sexual nature. No actual bodice ripping, though. I hope you're not offended, dear reader. I was offended because there was no bodice ripping. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> I was kind of offended trying to figure out all the spare words personally, but yeah, I know. Oh, well, yeah, you ought to listen to it on the text reader. <laughs> Star carrot exclamation mark. SH star carrot. What? And finally I was like, oh, they're swearing. I got it now. <laughs> You're in percenting coward. <laughs> I think it's so, I think it's so adorable that they uh, censored themselves. <laughs> Sugar Quill does this to all of the swear words. Because ah. it's a family site. Right. <laughs> so it's a site policy. Okay. Right. So we go back to the borough, and Hermione is out to talk to Angelina, and every time she tries, somebody else interrupts. This is her party, so. This is her party. <laughs> like this. Where are you going? The loo. Yeah. 
<laughs> Let's just go to the loo because we because Fred won't leave her alone. Fred's like glued to her side, mm-hmm. and she says, "Now tell me again, Harry is the father of your godson?" And she says, "Well, essentially, but yeah, basically." And so then Hermione's like, "Okay, we have to narrow this down a little bit further. Is he the biological father?" And Angelina's like, "Biological father? Are you nuts? No." <laughs> yeah. And Hermione's like, "Phew." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Angelina starts laughing. You know, you misunderstood me. And oh no, she was married to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And, they and then he has still. to explain who that is because Hermione doesn't follow Quidditch. But no, right. there you go. And Jimmy and Katie were both killed in the restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Leaving Al behind with the letter and changing Harry's life. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "Oh dear, I'd better find Ron." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So- she heads off to find Ron, and we go back to Draco's place, where Bludger is shocked. She knew he was downstairs. Yeah. How could she be shocked? She'd figured it out, but oh yeah, he hadn't seen her, and he was all beaten up, which she hadn't seen either. Yeah, I, that's. I think that was it. She was just amazed by how he looked and stuff, and she couldn't hide her, her true feelings well, at he, that point. He thinks that she betrayed him, too. Yeah. And it was only three why... weeks ago that they were at the club, apparently. Right. So. And Draco's just, you know, he's rubbing it in. Yes, Anne told me about the night she spent together at the Stone Circle. The most Mm -hmm. tedious nights of her life. And she's my assistant now, as well as my personal plaything. Didn't she clean up beautifully? Don't she just want to smack him upside the head? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a fairly common reaction to Draco, I think. That's true. You know. And And Harry doesn't realize it's Draco. Right. No, Harry still, still thinks it's Lucius. I have to say, Draco is very fond of the uh, the evil doer um, monologue. There, you know, he just <laughs> loves the spill his gut on his like, plan, and you can almost see him going. He probably practices his evil expressions and things in the mirror. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> says it's Lucius, his hired guys are sort of like, oh, we don't want to be associated with that guy. And I am not a Death Eater, I'm a businessman. And it uh, goes on, sort of like your friend Ronald, the maker of terrameters, because he's figured that out, and isn't he so clever? And Bludger is shocked, because she didn't know right. Ron made the terrameters. Right. There you go. And Harry figures out, uh, this is the guy who made up the Bulgarian thing. Right. <laughs> and Draco is hoping he'll say, who are you? So he can gloat and laugh at him, but he doesn't actually. He just shifts back to asking for Al again. And, uh, well, and then he's, so now he's decided that he's going to pump Harry for information about the UAL. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to veritaserum him. Mm-hmm. And, and I love Anne. And so you can't give that to him. Right. He has an immunity to it. I'm thinking, is it I okay powder? <laughs> I smell nothing. What you do not smell is called Iocane powder. It is odorless, tasteless, dissolves instantly in liquid, and is among the more deadly poisons known to man. Hmm. All right. Where is the poison? The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> but he falls for it, which is just as well. 
Yeah. <laughs> and all that Harry will say is Al is an orphan who was a child of a friend and was killed this past string, which is the truth, but no. Draco wants more than that. Yeah. So eventually he decides what he'll do is he'll take the burrito serum and use it on one of the other two because they're not Aurors. So right. they won't have this immunity practice. I think it's funny that Harry has no idea how much money he has. No, he has no clue. He has no clue that he has millions of dollars. <laughs> it's like, well, oh, I don't have that much. Draco's like, you don't even look, do you? Yeah. Well, he doesn't need to look. People who have money don't usually have to go count their pennies. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Scrooge McDuck. Gosh, a billion sure is a lot. Aye, now print several billion and see what you've got. But unless something's behind it, in the treasury, something solid and secure, <clears throat> like me. Or Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Apparently, as far as this story goes, Harry is worth about 1.3 million pounds or 2.4 million dollars. Yeah. She's worked out how the uh, wizard's uh, exchange rate has been depressed and things like that. Harry doesn't care. Harry just, as long as he has money to buy a broom. Yeah, that's all he cares about. Now to keep Alan toys. Mm -hmm. So now Draco, or sorry, the apologies person says, what Veritas Serum doesn't tell me, torture will. I'll torture them. And now he's mad. Now Harry is pissed off. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And we are interrupted unexpectedly by Trogolo, or however you pronounce his name, who doesn't care about all this posturing and wants the thing signed. <laughs> and who knocks on the door? The door the door doorbell okay. ring. <laughs> Don't answer the door. <laughs> He's like, that investigator's given up. Ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that this entire scene has been from Bludger's point of view? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now we shift to Draco. Because you never see the word Harry. It's always it's Greenhorn. 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 Yeah. Yep. And Draco stomps up the stairs and he's just yelling, this is my circus, my circus. And if I want to be a four ring circus, I'll make it a four ring circus. And out yes. the door. <laughs> the goblin has said, um, it's unnecessary taunting and petty jealousy, and he has never, ever been jealous of Potter. Of course, that's impossible. And, uh, of course not. In a snit. Now he's stomping his way upstairs. Why weren't they treating him like a dark lord? I'm a dark lord. I'm supposed to be treated. Yeah. Like yes. Golly. <laughs> aren't def- deferential enough. <sighs> Can't get good henchmen these days. <laughs> It's so hard. Potter would pay for this. Yeah. Everybody upstairs. would pay for it. <laughs> Pulls the bag off Ginny's head and Al attacks him. <laughs> yeah. Dead boy, Al, get him! Yelling and fighting and kicking it. Get him off me! Get him off me! So he uh, gives Ginny the entire contents of the bottle of air serum. Boing! Yeah. yeah, well, it was a three-ounce bottle. I think it was supposed to be a dose, but... It's a large bottle. That's <laughs> a lot of ferritin serum. Yeah, well, I guess it was three drops before, so that's probably... Think about it like this, Scott. You traveled in the United States through the airlines. Three-ounce bottle is the limit to the amount of stuff you can take in a carry-on. Imagine how big mm. that is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A small cup. <laughs> you know? Maybe he wasn't all the way full. Uh, wow. Yes. Draco is apparently not a kid person. Who sort of uh, they irritate him. 
but he does realize with shock that Al's eyes are no longer gray. They're green. They're Harry mm. Potter green. And he jumps to the same conclusion that everybody else has jumped to. It must be Harry's kid. Son. Yep. Which apparently is why they started charming Al's eyes because everybody seeing them together said, oh, this must be your son. Right. Harry mm-hmm. was a little tired of that. <laughs> and he asks who's the father and Al won't say anything and he says, is Harry Potter your father? And Al shouts, no. I want Trevor because he doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, he's telling the truth as far as he knows. Well, yeah. he knows that it's not his father, but I mean, he doesn't even know that Harry Potter's been living with him. Right. He's always mm-hmm. been Trevor. And the, the only Trevor that Draco knew was a toad. Oh dear. And so he feeds the Rita Serum or Barita Serum or however you would want to say it to Ginny and gives her a bunch of questions about the UAL stuff, which she knows nothing about. Oh, but I love uh, the way it starts. Tell me, Weasley, tell me your most humiliating secrets. And she's like, when I was five years old, I ruined dad's good pair of dragon hide gloves. And she's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) No, that was. Well, he said, tell all of them. So she started from the beginning. Oh, dear. We get to the <laughs> fact that Ron makes the terror meters, which he knew already. Yeah, but she really he, fought yeah. that. That was good. Yeah, she was able to fight it for a full 10 seconds, which is very impressive. Yeah. And uh, he is, in fact, sleeping with Hermione. Well, and yeah. Draco wants to know if he's any good. How would she know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, girls talk. I don't think so. It's her brother. Yeah, I wouldn't talk to I her. like. I like the fact that the pol- or not the apologies, the ferret serum, it doesn't take into account opinion, that she doesn't have to give opinions, like, to that question, it was more of an opinion. Yeah. And so it, she doesn't know the truth, so she didn't have to answer. Right. Right. I, I mm-hmm. thought that that was a neat twist that you don't see that often. Yeah. And she's able to say things like, these questions aren't appropriate in front of a child. Right. Where... It's not actually an answer to any of his questions. It's just one of her opinions that she has. So They take Al out of the room. Right. He orders and, Al out of the room. Right. Yes. And he asks if she's Potter's girlfriend because he wants to hear that his love life is pitiful and ridiculous and unsophisticated. Well, and, it is, unfortunately. It's yeah. true. <laughs> because she is. <laughs> And so she can't really answer that. And he says, but you've had boyfriends. And, and she says, I've had eight boyfriends. And, but she hasn't slept with any of them because he wants to know if, while she's in bed with them, if she thinks of Potter. And he says, is it possible that you're a 20-year-old virgin? And she said, no, I am a 21-year-old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the reason that she wouldn't sleep with any of them is because they weren't hairy. Right. Yeah. And, of course, Draco doesn't know what to make of this. Mm-hmm. And I really had to read this next part again because I keep forgetting that Blaze is a girl. Um, <laughs> like, well. Yes, apparently he goes back and forth between Pansy and Blaze, depending on which is annoying him less at the time. 
<laughs> and then he starts asking her who's the child's father. And then he finds out that Katie Bell is his mother. Well, she doesn't and answer. And he's like, well, how, can, she, how is that possible? She didn't she answer. Yeah. He asks about the mother and she says Katie Bell, just like no problem. But and she refuses to ever answer the question. So he, of course, assumes that she thinks it's Harry. Right. He thinks that she's fighting the potion. Right. And she is because she does think it's Harry. And she's yeah, refusing to opinion. say. Well, as far as she's concerned, it's the truth, though. Right. So mm-hmm. it, she would be forced to say that, but um, she's fighting because she doesn't want to tell him. And he grabs her and kisses her because, of course, she has the arena serum in her system. She just says, <laughs> you're repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like that very much. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, how would you know? You're completely ignorant of the pleasures of sex. And he re- leans forward and kisses her again and puts his tongue in her mouth. And she has no reaction whatsoever, which just ticks him off, too. Except to say, you're too selfish to give pleasure to anyone. So then he stupefies her. Right. She's like, <laughs> I suppose you think Potter would be better. Oh. She's like, yes. And like, Don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. He is the funniest villain ever. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's, just, he's, he's so bad at He's still a spoiled it. little boy in the body of a 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so bad uh, at it. Probably reads too many novels. He cuddles up behind her and he's looking at her, and I like this. She was all excess excessive freckles, excessive saturated orange hair of an excessive length, excessive volume of breast and hip. He preferred slim women with neat, perfect breasts and taunt flesh, like he imagined little Anne would be. And he kind of pokes her with a finger and he's like, hmm, Well, she's not squishy like I thought she'd be. He's <laughs> like, uh, he's so yeah. yeah and he actually even contemplates raping her yep and then realizes that he can't do it because it doesn't appeal to him probably it doesn't appeal to him to have to do all the work but well, yeah, it's because in her stupefied state there's no response and that's dissatisfying and right if he wakes her up then she's going to scream and flail about and maybe scratch his face oh heavens you oh, know, yeah. Don't want to do that. Mar that beauty. It's not even his, but, you know, whatever. Uh, and, he, and yeah. you know, it'd be difficult to enjoy himself if he had to be violent. It's like, oh, brother, don't strain yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think thinking is a strain for him. I've decided through, you know, like that whole scene that he's like the villain from Dudley Do Right with the big hat and like, the mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, he's. Totally, this cartoon mm-hmm. villain that always loses. Meanwhile, a short distance away, Snidely Whiplash was up to his favorite pastime, tying women to railroad tracks. He soon had unexpected company. A mountie, correct. Pardon me, sir, but do you happen to know the way to the Royal Canadian Mountie Camp? Why, yes, I do. Oh, this pesky knot. Could you give me a hand, or rather finger? <laughs> always willing to help a citizen in need? There. <laughs> Dudley do ride to the Mounties. Get out of that if you can. He wouldn't be tying anybody to railway tracks, though. It's too much work. Yeah, yeah it'd be too much work. <laughs> he might sweat, and that would just be bad. And that would ruin his hair. Yeah, right. Can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, he goes storming off and tries to find where the boy was, and it turns out that the house elf is feeding him. Uh, Pumpkin nuggets. Ketchup. Fucking yeah. nuggets with ketchup. I love it. Draco didn't even keep ketchup in the house, did he? 
She's got to do it for him. Yeah. He's a prisoner, not a guest. <laughs> he was hungry. <laughs> yep. Isn't it sad that I was almost wishing Lucius to come just so, like, there would be normal bad guy order instead of this insane asylum that he was trying <laughs> to run? <laughs> what gets me is Frank. The kid is eating the nuggets, and Frank, he's holding his throat. It's like, yeah. But it's loosely. Really? Loosely. But the other thing that we missed that I guess really... they have guests. If he's a guest, you know, you have to have somebody stand behind you with their arms around your neck. Right. I don't mm. know. Yeah. The the thing that really set him off before this, before he came out, was that he found he found her terror meter around her. Yeah. Neck. And he was like, "Oh crap! I'm surprised that this hasn't been set off yet." And I'm sure if I'd have raped her, I think if I'd have raped her, it might have gone off. Duh. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So he's stomped it into dust and he's gone out looking for Vistilda and said, um, there's no D in there. Blatilla. Batilla. I can remember it from the text reader and I couldn't quite say it. He wants scissors. A big pair of scissors. So. I'm like, uh, what? You know, and I, I've read this a couple times too. There's two, this one and another fic that I've read, I want to say it was by St. Margaret, that at some point, somebody, one of the Malfoys has to cut off all of Ginny's hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't remember. I'll just off look for it. It's actually a pretty good story. It gets a little weird, but it's pretty good. But yeah, it, Lucius Malfoy cuts off all of Ginny's hair. But in this case, Draco has all of her hair cut off. Yep. And he wants it done badly. Badly because he doesn't want her to be pretty anymore. Yes. Which isn't going to work, but you know, it's Draco. <laughs> he thinks she's Samson or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does mention that. It does. Yep. And also he finds that Al has a terror meter as well. But fortunately it hasn't gone off either, apparently. He right. hasn't been scared enough. Which is amazing. And he thinks to himself, he truly is a Gryffindor. Yeah. Mm. Which for me was not a compliment, of course. But, no, of course not. But Al comes back into the room and he is devastated because Ginny's unconscious and he thinks right. she might be dead. And he basically breaks down. And Draco has to. Draco's wishing that silence Potter him. would have a similar breakdown. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's yelling, no, don't cut it, don't cut it. And that gives Draco an idea. So back downstairs he goes. Right. And in the meantime, mm. Harry's asking the room at large, just tell me where the boy is. That's all I need. And it was right. really a plea to bludger. Right. And mm-hmm. she's trying to let him know by putting three fingers across her cheek, but he's blind as a bat and can't see. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, is that an M for Malfoy? Yeah. <laughs> he has figured that out. Because, what was it? Draco slapped him once for Quidditch and once for all the other times. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah oh, so he's, fi- he's figured out it's Draco, right? Mm-hmm. And they're wondering if... Uh, but Joe is not giving anything away, of course. Uh, he has his invisible wand hovering there, but he can't really do anything with it. Right. Yeah, this is where that comes up again. He tried to blast out the door in the cell, or the wine cellar, actually, but all he could do was minor things like the conjuring the candles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't able to do anything major with it. She gets up and kind of moseys slinkily over to 
I can just see this with the high heels on. Over to Potter, and Joe's like, oh, no, you don't. Sit down. And she says, I just want to staunch the flow of blood before it gets on the carpet. Yeah. He says he saw her face when Potter came in the room, even if Master didn't. And I think you know Potter better than you let on. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know Potter. I probably despise him as much as you do. And she's she gets his glasses. She has to keep her cover. Right. So. She's kind of playing with him. And he still doesn't know whether or not to trust her. Yeah. Harry's just mm. not really sure. Well, yeah, I can understand that. And the guys are still a little worried about Harry because he's done all this wandless magic. And Joe decides he's going to prove to them all that he doesn't actually have wandless magic. He's going to cut off his fingers one by one and see if he does anything. Right. And you can't do that because then he wouldn't be of sound mind and body to sign for signing the, the contract. Sign the contract. Yep. So that mm-hmm. won't work. And Draco comes back in and interrupts them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to get and down then, to business. And then we Finally. have Ron. Did somebody say Ron Weasley? Ron has arrived to save the day. Yes. Yay! Apparates right beside the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. Yay. This is a good place to apparate. I guess he was in shadow. So Off he's flying, and he's kind of found the neighborhood where he needs to be, and all of a sudden he hears his child just screaming bloody murder, so he flies up to see what it is, and it's his sister. <laughs> yeah. It's like a soap <laughs> opera. Yeah. <laughs> and Al screaming, don't cut it, don't cut it, please, is she dead, is she dead? And, mm-hmm. and Ron is sort of dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. Where's Harry? Why doesn't he stop this? Not realizing that they're prisoners. He thinks that right. they're still there for a tryst. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. This is where he's stashed his love child in London. Right. <laughs> but, uh, and Harry has a house elf. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. And Ginny so, doesn't move, and all of a sudden he's like, worried. "Oh my god, it's dead!" Yeah. yeah. So he needs to figure out a way to get in, and he remembers how Harry did it the last time because he's got to distract the guard, and all he's got are voice flutes. So he's like, "Yeah, why would Harry have a guard in a house where he's stashing his love child?" Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> figuring it up. So he sends them through with an acceleration. X, I love it, accelerate Maxima. Right. Mm-hmm. And bursts in and, you know, stupefies the guard and everything. And, and Hell attacks him. Yeah. <laughs> like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> You're going to Okay, I'm his brother. <laughs> yeah. He keeps trying to tell him different things and nothing's working. So finally he says, I'm Jenny's brother. And that well, shut him up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm gonna, just going to see if she's okay. And, and Al's just protectively hovering over her. So he. Wakes her up. And we shift back to Bill, standing outside. <laughs> Bill, who's sitting outside with his Starbucks coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta love that. Across the corner from a shop, unfortunately, named Laura Ashley. Laura Ashley. <laughs> I wonder where that out name came from. All day. Mm-hmm. And Hobnail's like, can we go home? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Please. And he's like, well, we're waiting for this goblin to turn up and just in case and he's like yeah i think you're more interested in the human in the red dress <laughs> which is like, true mm-hmm. like yeah well you know apparently bill has a weakness for women or just women yeah mm-hmm. in this universe fleur didn't last long apparently the 19 year old part vila mm-hmm. to a 43 year old artist <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. 
problem was every single time he thinks the pretty ones will also be the nice ones, and it doesn't yeah. work nope. somehow. So the goblin, his goblin friend Hobnail, heads off, and Bill's going to stick around for a while anyway. And, and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Yeah. A whole bunch of people operate. And he, at first he's going to go, hey, I'm a wizard too. And then he's like, mm. uh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's a Malfoy. No, no, we don't want to do that. Hey, well, magic men. You're screaming. Yeah. And then he sees a military type formation and thinks, hmm, fur capped wizards that don't mm-hmm. speak English. Hmm. Yes. Maybe that would be uh no Count Dracula. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> well, no. There's some order, and everybody looks up into the sky, and uh, Lucius immediately covers his face with his cloak. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's to hide his face from the moonlight, mm-hmm. so nobody can see it. And they bring down this broomstick, which is Ginny and L on Ron's broomstick. And in the meantime, Draco is finally getting Harry to sign the document, mm-hmm. transferring all of his funds from Harry to Draco. And he's like, that's what this is about? <laughs> that's it? That's all you want? Crud, I would have given it to you. Just leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. And he's denying that he's not, you know, that he's Al's father, but nobody believes him again. Of course. Well, and then he's yeah. like, no, nah, I'm not going to let him go. Then you hear Al screaming, don't cut it off, don't cut it off. Mm-hmm. And he's sobbing, great, racking, terrified sobs. And he's not sure what's being cut off. And please, is she dead? Is she dead? Now, he doesn't know what to think. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even know there's anybody there except for Al, except apparently it's Ginny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Draco's using all the things he found out from the serum to taunt him. She loves you and you never knew and all this. And Harry just thinks he must be lying. Because of course Ginny couldn't possibly love him. Yeah, they all have their own little. Harry kind of like loses his mind. But then here comes the elf with all of Ginny's hair, so immediately right. he knows. Yeah, this is Ginny's here. Yeah, and he's gotten a hold of his wand, and he's made his ropes so that they're like tissue paper, and he just goes ballistic, and he moves on Draco and grabs him and has him. With the invisible wand curled up to Draco's head. And Draco's like, don't fire, he'll hurt me, don't fire. Because, you know, we know Draco is a coward. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Bludger has taken down Joe. Mm-hmm. But then we and, have a problem. Uh, We've forgotten somebody. Yeah. The goblin. Yeah. That's a sword to Harry's neck now. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> yes. Oh, and Draco looks like himself now. So all his um, goons are sort of staring at him because nobody looks like. he's worn off. Yeah. Right. And then we have Hermione. Have you noticed? October the 31st is just a bad day for everybody. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) No kidding. Mm -hmm. Hermione finds Ron with all the maps and his GPS open, and so she just does the display thing, and now everybody's dots is in the same spot, pretty much, and Lucius Malfoy's dot is moving up on them. Yeah. And uh, And I love Neville here. (laughs) Yay, Neville! Because Neville's like, what are we waiting for? Let's go <laughs> to the place, and she tells him what's going on, and he's like, "What are we waiting for? Let's go." Matter of factly, just totally cool as a cucumber. Let's go, Neville. That made me happy. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so and we're back to Harry with a sword at his neck, mm-hmm. having to sign the document, or I guess it's just a knife, but still, yeah. 
the blade. And he's trying to get Bludger to go and get the prisoners anyway, even if they kill Harry, but she won't. So he signs kind of, it, and Trapolo's mm-hmm. like, okay, now I want my money. <laughs> Drake's yeah. like, can this wait? And they well, both and they reveal each other's things. names. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you just said my name. It's like, yeah, well, we can tell. And he's like, oh, dear. Polly just wore off. <laughs> yeah. But he wants his commission, so green money bag in the hall closet, apparently. And so off goes Trogolo. And yeah. then... Lutella bursts through the door, shrieking, Master, they came in and I couldn't stop them. And we know who's there, but they don't quite know. Right. Mm-hmm. So Harry's levitating fireplace poker smacks Joe across the head. And a martini pitcher hits Draco, apparently lower than Harriet intended. I don't know if that means it hit him in the neck or what. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of he's dripping and dazed. It could be, um, <laughs> who knows? Oh, well. <laughs> you know. The last guard runs and Bludger stupefies him before he gets very far. And, but they can't get out. Draco and, and the elf are gone, but they're locked in this room. They can't get out. Mm-hmm. And so they have a hissed conversation. How could you be in all this? And back and forth and stuff. And it's like, no, just go get him. Go save him first. They're on the third floor. And she sends him out the window underneath his invisibility cloak. Because Mm -hmm. she's still in the red dress that she can't climb. Right. And she wanted to see who was at the door. Bill, again, the Green Mm Gods man. But it's not. Except it actually isn't. (laughs) Well, that was the Green Gods man. And Ron's... Tiptoed down the stairwell and he's trying to figure it out. Is every, have we lost everybody yet on this podcast? Wee! Yeah, <laughs> All over the place. And holy moly, there's a whole lot of people down there. And oh dear, that's dad. Lucius. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he hears Draco saying father and he can tell just from the intonation it must be Draco. They are having a loving reunion, of course. Yes. Not very. timing is lousy. I am busy. Oh, brother. Mm-hmm. He's like, son, you're wet. <laughs> Compose yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in the course of their conversation, Ron figures out Lucius is the one who sent Bellatrix. Draco was the one who was the Bulgarian minister. Lucius is bragging about having got Bella out of retirement because Draco's like, how would you get one of your big Russian bodyguards to impersonate Hermione at all? You know, yeah, that would have been kind of interesting. But. <laughs> and Ron would be like, "Ew!" <laughs> and Lucius has captured Ginny and Al again, who Draco didn't even know had left. Mm-hmm. So, so Lucius thinks that Draco has set him up, and Draco is like, "Father, you're messing up all my plans now." And people are knocking on the door, and Ron is hanging out, and Harry is climbing up the wall, and yeah, it's just been like, mass chaos! Yep. Begin! <laughs> oh, it's only the Gringotts man, and then seven oars burst through the door, and yeah. <laughs> so, but Ron knows that he's got to help. He's like, okay, what can I do? I can't stupefy him, because they're going to get me. Right. Oh, wait, I can be like Fred and George, and so he starts doing all these different spells. One guy's like got the itching. Sandbox spells or something. Yeah. One starts itching and then one starts vomiting and one gets the runs. <laughs> you know, they're, literally. They're not having a very good time. These Doing the flamenco dancing all over the place. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, sound yeah. effect. <laughs> flamenco dancing. 
Yeah, because that's what Taranto Alegre would probably do, because the Tarantella is a specific style of dance. And finally, everybody's sort of yelling, and things are just chaos, and finally Draco bursts out with, the boy, it's Potter's son! And of course, now they think Harry's there, and which he is, but, you know, all sorts of chaos going on. And then, Bludger gets a wand at Lucius's chest. Because she stole Harry's invisible wand. And she's going to try to AK him. And she just can't do it. He's tried before, apparently, when he was there, and still can't do it. And they have a whole, yeah, giant battle, and there's uh, knives and spells flying everywhere. Harry's doing karate all over the place. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And, uh... No, he grabs Draco. Draco by the leg. <laughs> He's trying to get away. The, his I own can see Harry flying smoke. through the air with one foot out. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Harry knows jujitsu in this. Yes. <laughs> He's an horror, don't you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And Bill, Sirius, Mad-Eye, Neville, and Hermione all ah, show up, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. Right. But... Al and Lucius have disappeared. Yep. So they have to go and find them. And apparently they're both in the bathroom. Right. Because Lucius ran off to the bathroom to hide and Al just Al had to go there. to the bathroom. <laughs> and, uh, and Lucius has been hit by the AK. In this particular story, you have to be hit in the head or the heart for it to actually work. So he's still alive, but he's well, not I think functioning he got, like, very well. Well, like a glancing blow. It's kind of like a... Paralysis through one of his guards, apparently. So he's got Al at one point, and he's holding him, so they give him a broomstick and let him go. And Draco and Bludger are both sort of partially passed out. But But she still has Harry's invisible invisible wand. wand. Mm -hmm. And Harry's trying to get him to trade him for Al, or maybe him for a broomstick eventually, because Sirius tells his Oris to give him a broomstick, and Draco's denouncing Lucius for uh, being a Death Eater because he's not going to just go away while Draco is in jail. And they're, yeah, they're wonderful to each other. <laughs> yes. And so he but, crawls over to Bludger's wand and grabs her wand hand and points it at his father. And he yells, Crucio, just as she yells, stupefy. And, and apparently that combination is enough that now he's been killed. Yep. He's dead. He's dead. Lucius fell over dead. And that <laughs> Although I do like her little uh, author's note at the end. But what about the barn, you might say? What about the confession, the kissing? Won't there be kissing, you may ask? All will be satisfied next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like, is this a kissing book? The <laughs> <laughs> way around. <laughs> and chapter 15 is called To True Love. So there you go. True love. <sighs> True love. True love. <laughs> one of you is trying to become a Dalek. Not me. I think it's Heather. It probably oh, is. I'm sorry. It's okay. Seems to have fixed itself yeah. now. She's trying to exterminate us. Exterminate. Exterminate. Okay, so on to chapter 15. Chapter 15 starts... Two left. Yay! Yeah. True love. 12-hour podcast, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. It's Anne. 
and it's hallucinating because she thinks she's dying and she feels like Brian is cradling her in his arms and she just wants to go dancing. And Brian, or who she thought was Brian, says, my name is Bill and I'd love to take you dancing. Bill is taking care of Anne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I threw up, said Al. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, said that. <laughs> I love scene transitions. <laughs> so does she, apparently. Ginny hides her smile in a mug of cocoa. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Al telling the whole story. Well, he's had a few days where he's sort of in shock, but now he's Actually, come out no, of it a little bit. So he's telling the whole story to Matt. He's got to tell these stories. And, uh, same day? No, this there. is the same day. Yeah. This is the same night. Yeah. Oh. And he's immediately oh. telling Nanny what happened, which is wonderful because he's not in shock. Yeah. Well, he was for several hours, I guess. Not several days, but several hours. Because he was he's sucking on his fingers and right. he wouldn't respond to Nanny's tears and embraces or wouldn't ask a question or offered food or drink. But then he gets rolling and he talks about all the stuff that happened and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. And he's and going back as, and he sort of skips over things and, oh, he has to go back and talk about that. And As soon as Harry, the clock strikes 10 o'clock and we're like, okay, you need to go take a shower. And that's when he flips out. Mm-hmm. You know, Trevor has to read him a book. No, Nanny has to read him a book. And Trevor does too. And so does Ginny. And where's chocolate? And so that's his um, bearer. I think it's a dog, it's actually. It's dog, yeah. It's a little dog. Skinny, skinny dog, yeah. And he wants to do it in mommy's bed. I want to sleep in mommy's bed. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, he's just like, just, this is his breaking point. Because mm-hmm. everybody's in the room and everything's fine. But as soon as she's picked him up to go clean him up, he just explodes. Right. So Yeah. So, Ginny well, sort of takes over care of him <laughs> a little bit. And takes hold of him. And she's going to get out Goodnight Moon. She's going to read to him. And Harry goes off to clean himself up. Yeah. He's limping upstairs. He sounds like Mad-Eye Moody. He's limping so badly because his knee's all messed up. He took a bad spell to the knee. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently it's Goodnight Moon, the wizarding version. I wonder what that would the, be like. Kind the of pictures move. The pictures move. I guess so. But anyway... Harry goes Ginny's off to take a well. shower and Ginny and Al fall asleep. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harry says that the book was open to like the second page. They didn't get any further than the second page before they both fell asleep. And now he's having nightmares. Al is having nightmares. Al is having nightmares. And Ginny's begging Harry to get off the knee to lie down because his knee's not getting any better. By sitting in it. He says, I'll be fine. I, I can't, can't get, get to sleep, sleep anyway. And it's like, that's because you're sitting in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> Come and lay down. And he's wanting to wait up and get news on Bludger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she needs to... All I of a like, sudden, she's like, I've still got potion left. I can heal you. And he's like, don't leave me. Yeah, don't go. So mm-hmm. she stays. And, and I love him. He's saying, don't let me fall asleep, okay? Just if I start to fall asleep, just wake me up. Yeah. Well, like, and they talk. This is the discussion. This is the mm-hmm. who Al right. is, who he is to Harry, and what the mix-up was. He turned four in October. I was at Hogwarts then. I was with you when he was conceived. You know, I've been wanting to tell you for so long. There was nobody else. It was a lie. Right. And he tells her all of this. It's confession time. Right. Yeah. And she doesn't believe it because his middle name is James and his eyes are green. And 
Like, yeah, but so were James Cayley's eyes. Yeah. That was his father. He has the reflexes of a star seeker or an athlete. and Because like, yeah, both, of his, both of his parents, parents played. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, you know, and he's sorry because now she's crying. Mm-hmm. And she's crying oh, because... Oh, no, please don't cry. And she just laughs. And like, Harry had never dealt well with crying females. It's <laughs> okay, I'll stop now. That's when she remembers, I have this potion. Right. And he's, no, no, don't don't go. Please don't go anywhere. I can wait. Mm-hmm. And she gives him basically a... Pain relief charm. Pain relief, and he falls asleep. Yeah, because like, I'm definitely going to stay up until we hear from Sirius. Yep, I'm staying up, and he falls asleep. So next morning, and he's still aching a bit. So his ribs and his knee and face, and so he's picking up the Daily Prophet. And And uh, well, he's hiding it. He's got the book. He's going to read through this book. He's got a French English dictionary. He's going to figure out what this potion is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He gets three words in and has to look something up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she's not doing so well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she shows up and she's got hair. It's down <laughs> past her shoulders and it looks really nice. And, and then two seconds later, it's down past her elbows. <laughs> uh, I think it's still growing. It's like, oh, darn. That's Dang, that's that Lockhart. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those Lockhart beauty charms. Always so over the top. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. They talk about Colin. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I still can't be with you because you're with Colin. He's like, no, really, I'm not. <laughs> Colin is gay. We're not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hmm, He's gay. reminds me of the conversation that we've had before at Buttervick Weekly. <laughs> But they went to the south of France together. Yeah. They shared a hotel room. It wasn't I like any the, girlfriend. I like the, wasn't he always chasing some fad? One week he declared he was going to be a Zen Buddhism. <laughs> and then next week a vegetarian. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It was a vegan. Not a vegetarian. It was a vegan. <laughs> yeah. Different. Colin doesn't know what he wants to do. Well, he didn't really remember, but now he thinks of back to it, he sort of thought that Colin being gay, which he told him in seventh year sometime, was another one of his fads. Right. He was just trying yeah. it out for a while. And she's like, you know, you can't really do that. Either you're gay or you're not. He says, yeah, I sort of figured that out. But when I was 17, it was kind of hard to believe because girls are just so awesome. So how could you possibly be, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> she says, well, He's got a boyfriend, but you'll always be his first love. <laughs> like, ah! Let's change the subject. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, uh, could you translate this? And she looks at it and she knows what it is. And it's like, um, knows, yeah, she reads, okay. She reads it to him. She reads it to him in French first, which he really likes. And then <laughs> yeah. she, she reads ah. the translation. <laughs> She's like, oh, wait, I brought it. She, she drinks it. Down to, and, you know, there's just barely any of this left because she's scraped the tiniest dregs from what she it's used helped. last time to put in a right. bottle to save. It's like what, three drops. Yeah. 
And she puts the three drops in her mouth and then kisses him and transfers it to his mouth. And I'm thinking, uh, that's not going to work. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's not enough there to actually, you know, transfer. It's well, reversed. It, it's not, he's not dying. Remember, he's not dying. Yeah, but it's my impression of this love potion is that it's fast acting. And the minute uh-huh. it hits the tissues in her mouth, it's going to absorb. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, it was made for him. That's true. Because her Mm -hmm. blood is in the potion. So it wouldn't react to her. It would react to him. Mm -hmm. And he wants to know if that's how she did it with the snake bite. And she says, no, I made that bit up just now. But Yeah. (laughs) And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of I love yous being tossed around. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he explains how he couldn't explain and he's... Loved her forever, but he couldn't do anything about it because there was Voldemort and then there was Lucius, and he wanted her to be safe. Right. And, uh, which is Harry's thing. He likes to do that. Yeah. Look what happened yesterday. I'm dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, Always dangerous. He's trying to, you know, focus and he's trying to talk and he's starting to slur and his head's getting wobbly. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, I forgot about the fever. <laughs> yeah. You're burning up. Side effects. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, just sit here in my lap and kiss me. I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now we have Christmas. The borough. Christmas. It's Christmas at the, the borough. borough. And Ron is really nervous. He's hey, a nervous think? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm really surprised at here? I'm surprised that he has not had several barrels of the mulled wine at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, everyone else is there. They'd probably keep him in check a bit. Yeah, a little bit. But he keeps jumping up and seeing who's at the door. Mm-hmm. Are they here? Are they here? Are they here yet? Mm-hmm. Are they here yet? <laughs> and it's Harry and, and Al. <laughs> and Harry's fingers. Um, <laughs> and that's what Heather's laughing at. <laughs> I just meant that. <laughs> has greeted Chitty at the door with a smooch and apparently she's wearing a dress that she made that has filet crochet across the top which means it's got holes in it. It's supposed to be like lace. And he stuck his finger in one of the holes and Ron's like Hi! (laughs) You look entirely too happy. (laughs) (laughs) Holding up all right, Ron. Hermione here yet? Uh, No and no. They're not quite done with the greeting, and, and Ginny's going to go take Alan to introduce them to the vast Weasley clan. But the door was open, and Hermione has come in. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> with her parents. Parents. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. All these introductions floating around. And, and there's a little bit of a flashback for the, it just goes over the past five weeks. They've been sort of mending the relationship a little bit, and it's, it's going okay. And he just says he has stuff to do, and she says, okay. And he has this mantra, I trust you. Yeah. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. (laughs) And he uh, sort of composes himself a little bit and has greetings, and then there's Bill and Bludger, and uh, I'm sorry, did you say Bludger? It's like, uh, call me ass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she's out of the hospital today for the first day. Bill's been hanging out 
a lot, making sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. He's kind of decided he likes uh, England in the winter. He doesn't really want to get back to that sunshine he was craving so much a week or so ago. Uh, five five mm-hmm. weeks ago. Five weeks ago. Yes, and there are subtle glances between some of them, and Ron tries to figure it out for a second and then decides he really doesn't care because Hermione's here. And, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Various things happen over yeah, Christmas, and dinner they're and talking, and there's a glad rag saleswoman there for some reason, and, uh, and that's Arthur has a plug in each hand interrogating uh, Mr. Granger. Right. I think the glad rag saleswoman is serious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've heard this toast to uh, wives and girlfriends, may they never meet. I've, mm. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are all sorts of toasts. Um, to true Arthur love. Toast, um, Margaret and Andrew, who are apparently, that's Hermione's parents' names in this one. They have the ever-changing names. Right. Mr. and Mrs. Granger. And uh, they have all sorts of toasts, everything, and the, the twins are sort of having toasts back and forth. So they seem to have a competition. Mm-hmm. So Ron toasts the Swedes because they bought all the extra Bulgarian terror meters at a reduced price, but they bought them all. Yay! And so apparently a Swede in Britain is also a root vegetable. So uh, George toasts the parsnips and uh, they uh, continue on from there for a while. Potatoes and the sweet potatoes and the yams and the carrots and the radishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they get two presents and open all the presents and everything. And I like... Wait, there's one more calls for No, 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 no. I have to say it, girl. I'm very sorry. Go I, ahead. I just have to. So, Ron gets some books from Hermione, and it's, yes. it's a book of Thomas Edison, but it's also a book about the production theory and Frank Gilbreth and Frederick Taylor, which are like the fathers of my degree and my profession. And so I, like, <laughs> I read that, and I'm sitting here trying to be quiet while you're all talking about like half a chapter ago, and I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, she knows what they are. He knows what they are. And I, and I was just so excited because God knows Yay. I've done way too many time studies. And yeah, so. Mm-hmm. It, Hermione has this whole description of the book and Ron's like, you've read you've it already. already. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Oh, maybe half. <laughs> so little known fact and small tangent. Frank Gilbreth was in the original Cheaper by the Dozen movie. Um, okay. From like the 30s. And what he did was he pioneered doing things efficiently and not wasting time on doing unnecessary movements like in the operating room or um, like putting on clothes, just different things. And you can apply it to production. So mm-hmm. you save money on building things because you're looking at what unnecessary steps you can do or what you can combine. And so, yeah, I went four years of school to, to know all about that stuff. So I was mm-hmm. very geeky at that moment. Woohoo, geek! Well, I had to say, obviously, Hermione <laughs> thinks it'll be a help to Ron, so there you go. Yes. So basically, it is work smarter, not harder. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. That is my well, boss's favorite mantra. So. so after my nerdiness, I wanted to point out Ron and the rest of the family bring out last gift and mm-hmm. it is a model of the of barn the barn yep <laughs> well first they clear out all the gifts under the tree because ron has decided this is going to be the last gift mm-hmm. and I um, like fred yeah wait mm-hmm. one more 
his bum in the air as he crawls underneath the tree. Like, <laughs> hmm. oh, it's for me. <laughs> for my new withers. Aww. I also like um, Harry's gift from Colin. He gets yeah. an olive branch and a bottle of sleekies for men. I <laughs> know, <laughs> because his hair is always all over the place. <laughs> it's an olive branch. And Ron's just like, whatever. <laughs> so they bring this present out, and she has to unwrap it without touching it, mm-hmm. without touching what's inside it. So she uses magic, and she unwraps it very carefully by, you know, removing the tape. Now it doesn't tear the paper. And it's a model, exact miniature replica of the barn. Yeah. And she says, why, it's my barn. And he says, yes, it's your barn. That's a wonderful model. I like it. Uh, why? And she tries to explain about it. There's this barn. It was sold not long ago. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we know. We know. <laughs> yeah, we all know about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it we said, know. Well, why can't I touch it? Does it do something? <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> Go here. Yeah. Where are we going? To the barn, of course. Mm-hmm. And off they go. And here is this old exactly. barn that has been absolutely transformed into a house. That's exactly what she pictured. Yeah. With the stones. All the things that she ever mentioned that she wanted, he's put in. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure lots of other things because she wouldn't have described absolutely everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said, no one had yet moved in furniture, but uh, Turkish Killam partially covered the limestone floor. A fire roared and crackled unattended. Candle sconces lit the room as if in waiting. A Turkish uh, kilim is a, it's like a hearth. It's a big hearth. It's usually a stone and you would build the fire and the heat from the fire would transfer itself into an airspace inside the kilim and it would warm the stone above it. Mm, and makes sense. people would sleep in front of the fire on top of this stone bed that you'd put the tapestries or you'd put the blankets down on top of the stone and it would keep you warm all night. Mm-hmm. And it's it was popular in Turkey. It was also popular in parts of Russia. It's a Kastan kind of thing. You'd find them all over the place, but they were very popular in Moscow uh, during medieval times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're really cool. I mean, they're, and they're very heavily decorated around the sides. They're either painted or they're mosaics around the sides. They're very pretty. But yeah, that's what's partially covering the limestone floor. Aha. And she says, I don't understand. And he's like, what do you think? And she says, it's unbelievable. Let's go see the rest of it. And I don't think it's yet sunk into her that this is hers. Theirs. Yeah, just having a tour or something. Yeah. She's like, oh, I like the cupboards. And- <laughs> oh, you know what this is? Cut everything out that I just said. The kiln is actually the rug that goes on top of the stone. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I was looking up it's pictures, a, and they're, they're all carpet. about the rugs. Yeah, yeah, it's a Turkish carpeting. They used to call the, the thing that you laid on the same thing, too. So, sorry. That's Probably fine. because they had Turkish carpets on top of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of the time. Yes, exactly. They go into the master bedroom with a huge bath and shower room and this double-ended mm-hmm. bathtub where two people or more could soak. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Would I he... picked that out. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's like, you, you, what do you mean? And he said, well, I thought it would be romantic, sexy, actually, to bathe together. And this is where it finally sinks in that he's mm-hmm. bought the barn. Squeeze! <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! 
And she doesn't think it's possible. How could you possibly afford this giant barn and all the stuff? And yet there were here. So she asks him straight out, did you buy the barn? And he won't answer because she hasn't seen everything yet. Yeah, she has to see the library. Thousands yeah, the of library books. is really cool. Well, it's space for thousands of books, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she has the books at home to fill some of mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Not all of it, but she'll fill it up happily. Mm-hmm. He has to be sure. He asks if she likes it, and she absolutely does. Yeah, well, she keeps saying, I can't accept this. And he says, this is yours. Mm-hmm. This is a symbol of how much I love you. Mm-hmm. It's huge and it's beautiful and it's rock solid and it's just like us. Right. And she says, yes, that's exactly what I mean. I can't just live in this giant place all by myself. You right. have to come live here too. She says, well, I know you'll be worried about your parents. There was things with the war. And she says, well, I think maybe this is when the war is over. We can actually move, move in with each other. Yeah. And uh, so they tell each other Merry Christmas. And we shift back to Harry, who is also feeling quite lovely because everything is going well, but still he can't sleep. This is after all of the excitement. They've all been to the barn and they've seen the barn and he and many others have come back to the burrow. Mm-hmm. So now we have the barn and the burrow. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they call it that or not. But and probably. He's thinking about his money problems and Bill's trying to help him out on it, but Draco's going to make it as hard as possible to get it back. And, mm-hmm. and he's daydreaming about Ginny. And then here is Ginny herself. Yeah. And it talks about how they've they've sort of speeded up their relationship. He was sort of planning on taking things really slow and having lots of romantic dinners and broom rides and things, but he has no money now, so he can't buy all the romantic dinners and stuff. And they've just been spending time together mm-hmm. and having a great time. And then while he's thinking all this, Ginny comes in herself. And the first thing he says, well, first he says, I love you. But then after that, he's like, if you think we're going to make love in Rod's room, which is just above Charlie's room, which is just above your dad's room, then think again. <laughs> but... Yeah, the ghoul's making noise, but not that much noise. Mm-hmm. And she says, take off your shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Charlie is downstairs with the kids. They're all fine. And Ron and Hermione are not coming back. And there's all sorts of space all around here. So, and that's the end of the chapter. Right. <laughs> the end of the chapter. And then we have an epilogue. Chapter 16, Life. Yes. I like how this starts with them out and Ron's slipped off his sandal and the grass is cool and tickly on his toes and his foot meets the body of Al who's sitting underneath the shade of the table, giggling and he's, you know. He's bestowed with chocolate the dog on his foot because. Do you get the impression that Harry is not wearing his obligatory baseball hat or Mm -hmm. sunglasses? Yeah. And Al's kind of giggling, and Ron looks down underneath the table, and he says, There's some really big ants under this table. Crikey, Harry, it's <laughs> as big as a child's. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Find out why 
Uncle Ron is one of the favorite uncles because he likes to have fun and be silly. And well, un- Uncle Ron is also trying to change the topic of the fact that Ginny is five months pregnant. <laughs> and that's what they're mm-hmm. talking about. <laughs> this oh. is true. Because Harry and Ginny are about to get married. Yes. And Al is still calling him Trevor. Yes. Apparently he has really hairy legs. Yes. <laughs> I was like... Are you putting grass in my sock? Giggle, giggle. Giggle, giggle, giggle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. What was that? Sorry. You think. Discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lily. I just got burped in the face. I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Ooh, yuck. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're way off course. So it's obviously... It's several months from the last chapter, and they're sort of discussing the things that have happened. And Harry's wondering whether they're okay with it, and Ron's wondering, is it unplanned? And Harry says, well, yeah, obviously. We're not married. We have no money, and now your brothers know what I've been up to with your sister. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to figure out after that, you know. But, uh, I like this. I'll be a Weasley. Well, the Weasley-in-law. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now it'll Weasley be legal. In laws work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ron's assuring him that yes, they're all fine with it because both he and Ginny are happy, and there's nothing else they can ask for really. Although he does try and teach them that he should avoid Charlie and Bill for a while at one point. They're talking, and my fiance is your sister. Uh, basically, Ron figures out all of a sudden that he wonders if Hermione tells Ginny, you know details about me his <laughs> eyes get big and he's thinking about it Harry's like it's worse for me Ginny tells everything to call it creepy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ron's like I know he talks like he knows you better than I do we saw him last week and I thought I was at a hand party <laughs> <laughs> yeah because oh, Ron no. keeps trying to talk about things and Harry cuts him off whenever he gets anywhere close to his sex life, so that's what sort of brings this up for Ron. And Harry's like, well, she's my best friend, and I'm not going to talk to you about your sister. So, Right. Yeah. And <laughs> Harry wants to know why Ron hasn't asked Hermione to marry him. And Hermione keeps saying that she doesn't want to get married right now. But she took the barn, and you guys are committed. And Ron says, yeah, of course, but we're just going to mm-hmm. live together. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Mrs. Weasley will need a big break because Percy's wedding and Harry's wedding are right back to back, apparently. He figures she'll need a break. I think at this point he's kind of trying to convince himself a little bit, but yeah, Yeah. it comes across that way anyway. Right. And he's wanting to change the subject and he wonders what Harry's going to do about Colin and Harry's not going to do anything about Colin because Ron hasn't figured out that Colin's gay either. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And Harry now thinks it's completely obvious. No. <laughs> it's no. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, but he's a reporter. And Harry says, I've decided to trust him. It's like, okay. And mm-hmm. so now, now we're going getting to, hungry. And here comes Hermione. And now he's going to go get food. Al's been asking for food. And he, he wanted carrots, but they were all gone. And he wanted celery, and they were all gone. And Harry told him to eat his crisps. And now he's saying, I want food again. And Harry says, well, 
didn't you eat your crystal? He said, no, I put them in your sock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what child doesn't eat potato chips? That was, I'm like, this is a weird one. I thought that was funny. And here he has a job. Mm-hmm. He's been waiting to tell them about it, but he wants to wait for Ginny to be there, and she hasn't yeah. shown up. And, so yeah. they end up just having their food. And uh, Ron like worried it. that Harry's job is going to be as a teacher. I like this, all- yeah. <laughs> He's going to get old. They'll be all old and take up pipe smoking and grow a beard and they'll just be, they'll stop drinking beer. (laughs) (laughs) And he comes back with a butterbeer and Ron's like, see, see. It's already started. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have a little discussion about the goblin and how, Mm -hmm. because the goblin is being Investigated. investigated, all of his transactions are now being scrutinized. And are probably going to be voided, which means that Harry will get his money back. But it could take years. <laughs> it could take years. In the meantime, yeah. Draco is having a good old time spending all of his money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's getting mm-hmm. sheets and and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> He's not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Harry takes Al home, reads him good night, Moon, and goes back to Ginny's. And he gets there and Alan won't let him in. No, oh, stop. Close your eyes. Apparently, your dress is all over the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't see it. Can't so, see the dress before the wedding. So he hides the dress and he goes in and he and he wakes her up, gives her food. Yeah, because <laughs> she wakes starving, up hungry. And she's hungry. And mm-hmm. then he tells her that he got a job. And he has tried out as... He's the new seeker for Durham. Which is really which is right exciting because it's, yeah, it's right there. Yeah. So he doesn't have to travel too much. I mean, he'll travel a little bit, but he'll be around. And Ginny just thinks it's hysterical because gonna, who's Ron going to vote for when they play the cannons? And He'll just have to lock Ron into a small room. That's all. <laughs> so, and they decided to go out and celebrate. Right. So first they're going for more food and then they're going to go for a fly on the stealth room. I like that. Yeah. And then they're going to come home and have a quickie on the couch and a quickie on the floor and then make love all night in the bed. Mm-hmm. And a quickie with my quickie. Mm-hmm. A quickie with my quickie, or as my text reader would say, my quickie eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as they're in bed, she takes his hand. Yes, they veto the floor after all. But, you yeah, know. because they're <laughs> back. Yes. And they are having a bit of a discussion well, or have had. He's being pensive here because, mm-hmm. you know, all of the stuff that's happened, was it really necessary for all of this to happen? And, and there's so much death. I mean, there's so many people who've died. Katie and Slim Jim and Dumbledore. I found it a little interesting that he was actually on Jim's old team now. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. And she tells him, you know, there's something else. And it's this. And it's life is mm-hmm. what it is. He's sort of wondering a little bit because... He doesn't want all the death and stuff, but without Al having been his, he wouldn't have got back with Ginny, at least the same way. Mm-hmm. Because right. it was Al that was the catalyst for all the things that happened to them. But so they then can we feel have... the baby moving, and that's the that's... life goes on sort of yeah. thing. We ended up with a point of view that we haven't seen before. Yes. Epilogue from Al. Al. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. The baby came out today. <laughs> Everyone was there. The Trevor run on kept sentences. saying, Blimey, this is it. Where do I go? All right, Big Al? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Ron and all his brothers slapped Trevor on the back when he went through the door. He came back later with his eyes all big and happy and a blanket in his arms. There was a baby inside, and the baby was T-90. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Ron winked here. at me and said, here come the waterworks, and all the ladies cried. <laughs> and he lists the ladies because you have to know these things. Yes, of course you do. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ron says she is his girlfriend, but Hermione says she is his partner. And they, <laughs> they have, have a barn which is for money. <laughs> <laughs> The baby's a girl, even though it doesn't look like one. It looks like a squishy old plum from the back of the cold water. (laughs) (laughs) Then her name is Emma B. Potter, which they named after Dumbledore, because Dumbledore means bees, bumblebees, which I thought was really cool. But he he Mm -hmm. says the baby's name is Emma B. Potter, which Trevor said is a compromise. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted a brother. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I don't see how this squishy sister is going to play Quidditch, but I guess it'll get bigger and get some hair one day. <laughs> I like the, uh, the, then he talks about the wedding and about how Ginny was worried that her dress wouldn't fit and her boobs get any bigger, they'd be in Scotland. <laughs> and Trevor was like, that's okay with him. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it was her tummy that was big, but no reporters came and everyone was glad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, no. When I was little, my family was small, and my hugs came from mom and nanny, and sometimes that Jimmy Cayley, who was my dad. But Jimmy says they all loved me so much that they decided to send me to Trevor when they died. And Trevor is part of the Weasleys, so I have a really big family now, and all the hugs ever. Yay. Mm -hmm. I like that, because that's That's how nanny always refers to Jimmy, that Jimmy Cayley. Cayley. Yeah. 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 Then Trevor came and picked me up, and we went into Ginny's hospital room, and it was quiet because Ron's brothers aren't allowed in there. (laughs) 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 He put me on the bed next to Ginny and B, and we did some more hugging, and we love you very much, and that sort of stuff. And Trevor's eyes got all shiny and wet, and I said, "Here come the waterworks." (laughs) Mm -hmm. And hanging around Ron too much. Mm Yep. That he keeps that. repeating everything he says. Yes, well, he's five. Yeah. I forget so. what, what the question was. Hermione asked him at some point. They were talking about Harry and having his money and things and how really Harry's gotten the best possible revenge on Draco because Draco thought taking all his money away would make him miserable and here he is as happy as he's ever been. And Ron's like, well, I spent most of my life without much money, and it wasn't all that happy. And um, they're saying, well, if it came down to it, wouldn't you give up everything that you built up to keep Hermione? And he's like, absolutely. And it starts, ends off with, ready, lutely, said Al. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he keeps repeating everything. Yeah. So all in all, I really liked this story. It was... Like I said, it was one of the very first ones that I ever read in the Potter fandom. And it may have colored my view of fanfic, you know, because all fanfic will do that to a certain extent. But I, I enjoyed it. And I've come back to and I've read this several times since then. So mm-hmm. and this is where she has the author's notes about some of the things she didn't end up being able to put in. Apparently, the barn was going to have been called Never Seen which is a name from a place in in Britain that she also thought would work for a wizard house, but it kept not getting in there. So, And originally, Bill was going to break down the door by himself, 
that's why in one chapter there's only seems to be one person attacking the door, and then in the next chapter, nine horrors burst in. But <laughs> nine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just a few. But it, wish, it really it went very well. I kind of wish that Oliver, like, I felt like that arc was kind of left unfinished, other than the fact that Ron wanted to beat him up. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, like, I felt like there was more there, and I was waiting, and he's like, and he had that idle threat to Hermione, and it just, I had hoped for a little bit more of a dramatic uptick. But I liked the story. It took, it was a bit hard for me to get into, but... I jumped to chapter six because I thought that's what we were reading today. And I read that more than did some of my reports today. I did get everything done, thankfully. Oops. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was one of those those Mondays where it was just easier to read fanfic instead of yeah. I've had days like that. Yeah. I think we've all had days like that. Days like that a lot. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm reading fanfic now. <laughs> I can read and do my reports at the same time. Just go away and let me do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Yeah, I really quite liked it. it. Sometimes it felt like there was too much going on a little bit. But The, the, um, the battle scene at the where at Draco's hidey hole was like, uh, 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 what? Mm-hmm. You almost we'll needed like a, a much diagram. Much more sense if you read it than if you yeah. listen to this thing because we really didn't make any sense about that part but you know <laughs> yeah you really have to read that i mean there was way and too much going on there were times when you were sort of like okay can they just get over it and kind of clear up some of these misunderstandings already because yeah. they keep in these chapters when uh ron and hermione and everybody also started believing that harry had a son i was like okay we have to get past this bit <laughs> but right yeah it did all clear up eventually and well, I don't understand why Ron would have thought he did, because you don't think Harry would have said something to Ron? Come on, Ron, what's wrong with your brain? Yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, Ron was just in that total mode of, he I didn't know. tell me, and I can't believe he lied to me, and he's just a git. <laughs> <laughs> just, and I'm yep. going to go tell him, which is good, because he helped save him. So that, it was a good thing that he yeah. went off half-cocked and <laughs> Yeah, it's a good thing he didn't quite storm in the front door, you know. Yeah, it's true. Storm in the front door, and there's Draco and three Russian mobsters no. and Lucius. <laughs> no, if he tried to storm in the front door, he would have run into Bill. Bill. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm telling off Harry. What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying know. to find a goblet. <laughs> I'm, trying I'm, to looking, find I'm looking for the lady in the red dress. That's what Bill's yeah. doing there. <laughs> <laughs> the lady in the red dress. Oh dear. Yeah. But yeah, I really like this too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was singing. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> singing Christopher. I like the different scenes, the different format. I like the whole idea of us not really knowing at first whether or not it was really Harry's son, because we were kind of kept in the dark about that as well for a while. I like all the different things that Ron's made, the voice flew and, and the different things. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's it's interesting because Ron in this story has almost, he's taken on a lot of the things that happened with the twins in the later books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's become the inventor with the successful business and all the things yep. that he's made. But the twins all made jokes. The stuff mm-hmm. that Ron has made aren't jokes. No. It's all very they're, practical they're stuff. They're practical, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I'm I'm pretty impressed by the author for calling 
a child named the Albus. I like there were times I was reading it and I'm like, wait, wait, this was written before. This is not like yeah. post book seven. I was really impressed by that. And did we catch it? I don't know. I might have been reading or, or half listening when Draco makes a comment about the flu foams. And he's like, mm-hmm. I, something about Weasley inventing that, and Harry has to bite his tongue, and that yeah, just made me laugh. Too bad oh. Weasley didn't invent those as well, because then he could ruin him further. And it's like, well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, what? <laughs> <laughs> he may have just done that. <laughs> I like the relationships between people in this. It did annoy me that it took sort of so long for some of the payoff of them actually getting back together, but you knew that was going to happen. And yeah. well, something and, and we skipped over in this last chapter was a lot of the summary of the preceding months in which they made more of their relationship and they were both being insecure and in how they got through some of those things. And yeah. And like I said, the the original way that I found this fic, I was looking for Ron Hermione fiction. Mm-hmm. I was not looking for Harry Jenny. Mm-hmm. And it was a bonus. Yeah. Well, there's so. definitely some Ron Hermione in here. There's yep. a giant barn full, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> we need a rim shot right there. Okay. I got one of those. <laughs> Have we totally mm-hmm. bored everybody under the sun now that we've talked about this for three weeks? <laughs> I hope I not. not. We'll have to see. Now, let us know. We're, we're we're trying a little bit of a different format here. Yes, it's kind of more like the peons, but we are trying to figure out how we're going to do this. So let us know. We're feeling our way. Does anybody have anything else? No, I think we're good. I'm good. That pretty okay. much covers most of it. I think we covered all the things I was planning on in these chapters. I should have written them down, but oh well. Okay. And with that, this was episode 118. And Potterfic Weekly is signing off. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.